Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. The man I worked for had one of the biggest companies in New York City. He didn't own his own company. White man owned it, so they owned him. Nobody owns me, though. The most important thing in business is honesty. Bribery. Extortion. Integrity, hard work. Murder, racketeering. Family. Never forgetting where we came from. Who is this guy? See, you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody, or you ain't nobody. That is your house, mama. Mine! <laughs> what you got, Uncle Frank? I want to be you. My investigation indicates that Frank Lucas is above the mafia. Who does he work for? Which family? He's not Italian. He's black. No black man has accomplished what the American mafia hasn't in a hundred years. They tried to kill my wife. Frank Lucas is the most dangerous man walking the streets of our city. This is my home. My country. Frank Lucas don't run from nobody. This is America. Welcome back, everybody, to Jeff versus the World presents Hood Classics, episode number 70. Like always, I got my man Shahid here. What's going on, good sir? What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's enjoying themselves this wonderful morning. And this was my selection. And boy, this, I forgot how long this movie was. Yeah, I could beat you over the head about man, picking this long ass movie. But yeah, we just Rick, did Scott likes. He likes filming. Yes, we are doing 2007's American Gangster, starring Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe, their first movie together since Virtuosity. Good Lord. You ever see that? <laughs> I saw it, but I don't remember it. And I saw it on like streaming. I just said I was going to try to watch it one day. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just it's a good time capsule because it's kind of like Denzel's a name. Russell Crowe's kind of just starting off. And it's involves the internet and virtual crime, you know. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's leave that be. <laughs> so this is the uh, what we want to say: Peak Denzel and Peak Crow at the same time, like right? Um, it's definitely Peak Crow, or if it's like right post, it's like right at the tail end of the peak of Russell Crow. It's right near the end of his run that he had. Pete Denzel, um, 
that's a tough one. Uh, yeah. Because Denzel's yeah. still going. Yeah, so it's, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, this is more, this is right before Denzel, before old man Denzel. This is peak Denzel heartthrob right at the end of that. This is right before I'm like, you know, equalizer, fences, that type of Denzel. Mm, okay. Before yeah. I, this is right before you become old action star Denzel. Yeah, that that, that so. definitely that's better than yeah. Um and, and also it's funny because you compare Russell Crowe and Denzel. Russell Crowe worked with a lot with Ridley Scott. Denzel mostly worked with Ridley Scott's brother, Tony Scott. So this is the first movie that Denzel was in that Ridley Scott directed. Um, you know what you saying? It just made me notice that I didn't even notice it or think about it watching it. I'm like, yeah, he did work with uh, uh Tony Scott, and I'm like, Crimson yep. huh. Tide, yeah. Man on Fire, Unstoppable. Um, I think Deja Vu. He's like four, like four or five movies that he did with Tony mm-hmm. Scott, and you know Ridley and really was working with Crow during the 2000s. So it's just it's a combination of like, you know, two stars working in the same movie, but not really interacting. Yeah. You don't get so to that like, ending. It's almost like heat. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that watching it, but you're exactly right. Because at least uh, with heat, they had that uh, with, uh, restaurant scene and ending. And this is kind of like they don't meet till basically the end. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I noticed about this and what I noticed about a lot of movies that we do is this cast is awesome and I think that Josh Brolin was great in his role because I was just like damn I hate this <laughs> you see that I'm, you see that that says special <laughs> this is the first movie that I think I, re- I noticed Josh Brolin he had been in a lot of stuff this is the first one I noticed and it was almost that whole thing with Joaquin Phoenix where it was like I didn't like Josh Brolin for a while because of this movie. and But different, like, Josh Brolin has actually played some likable people mm-hmm. in movies since then. And it's funny, like, seeing this now, like, yeah, this man ended up playing Thanos and Cable in the same year. So his nerd, like, that nerd, imagine doing that. Oh, that, I, <laughs> like, nerd cred, you are not topping that. No. I mean, Thanos alone, but then adding Cable onto it, like, yeah. Yeah, like he's in this kind of like he's still going. And it's like he's still going upward. And you it's know, funny, it, like it was that thing too that he almost I don't know if he went away or he was just quietly doing movies. Is well, he, he was dealing with like he was quietly doing movies, he was quietly getting in trouble. Oh. And he was also dealing with, you know, we will leave the domestic stuff on the side. Let's just say it's not pretty. I think it might have been some other issues going on, but it was like a lot of stuff, you know, they did the, um, on Bach remake, make it that what you will. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw it once and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine, but whenever you do stuff like that, you're going to get what you get. Jonah Hex. Uh, yeah, that way it is. <laughs> but no, like men in black three, he's great playing a young time Lee Jones. Um, no country for old men, even though I think that movie's pretentious as hell. He's good in it. Yeah. Uh, what else? Gangster Squad. Eh. Good cast, bad movie. 
But then it's like, you know, Sicario, he's also playing a sleaze bag in that. And that and the sequel. So it's kind of like, and he's still doing things and still going, yeah. you know, still moving forward. So, like you said, the cast is Sim, Chiwetel Oja 4. <laughs> Stuck in the car, Frank. Goddamn, Huey. Huey got his ass. <laughs> and it's funny. It's like, I always laugh because it's kind of like you look at the career of him and Idris Elba, and it's kind of like they have similar careers where they're known, they're stars. But you should think they should be bigger than what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for different reasons, and the and it's funny because seeing both of them in the same movie, it's just hilarious because they're both in the same. You know them. Um, you got three rappers. What Ti Common? Yeah, and RZA. Oh so yeah, this is probably where RZA and Russell Crowe became friends. Uh, yeah, you know, bong bong, hang out. Oh uh, yeah, they probably did. You know, um, I forgot Norman Reedus was in this. That you, me too. That little small scene, I was like, "Damn, I never noticed him in this." Or either I just of didn't think about. Of course, it. the man we talk about, you know, bragging himself, John Ortiz, he pops <laughs> up in this because, of course, he does. I forgot Carla um, Gugino was in this <laughs> as his wife. Um, what's her name? Katie Strickland, uh, Cole Hauser's wife, and the family that praised that Tyler Perry movie. Yeah. I forgot that was the I forgot that was the lawyer. You know, Ruby D got nominated for an Oscar for this. Um, Joe Morton is in this with that ridiculous mustache. <laughs> um, Roger, I won't even try to pronounce his middle name. Roger Smith, the light skinned dude that's always in Spike Lee movies. You know, he's in this. <sighs> Ti, <laughs> well, what you got, Uncle Frank? Um. <laughs> Being Common's son, even though it's like only like a six or seven year age gap, is hilarious. I'm like, well, I guess if you throw a, a mustache on Common, you can kind of fake it. But it's like, I mean, he had on? a big ass beard. He kind of gave that older look. So I guess it worked. But that, then that's what I asked you because I was having a, um, a argument with somebody. I was they were like, oh, you watching that? Say that movie. Um, Ti said, yeah. When he playing a, they said when he playing like a, a kid. I said, "What do you mean when you say kid?" They were like, "Oh, he's like 15. You know what? He was fifteen years old. I mean, I would say it's kind of like if he getting scouted. Scouted, I would say, yeah. I mean, he might have been. I would say. I would say. I was you gonna say a I was. I was guessing more like eighteen to twenty. But if you say seventeen, yeah, I would. I would go with that yeah. between seventeen and twenty to go. I wouldn't say no 13 or 14. Yeah, I was, was like, like no way. I say 17 to 21 ain't it range right there. You know, you know, you got them in the, you know. So he's in the movie, Ruby D, Black Royalty, got nominated for Oscar for this. For mm-hmm. barely being in the movie, just you know, being the wise black matriarch. <laughs> yeah, but the scene she was in, she just murdered. Even I know you don't shoot a cop. <laughs> and Armand Asante. I can never get that speech about success out of my brain. I don't know if it's him saying it or the Jay-Z saw success. It's just, ugh, he is so right. Uh, yeah. You know, the character is a sleaze bad trying to pretend to be culture. Like, you know, it's just weird things. I'm, I'm diplomatic. I'm culture. And people are culture, you know. Monopoly's bad, Frank. Share the wealth. <laughs> Basically want to call him the N-word all day long but try to be nice about it. Yeah, you know, he was... Bringing in that money, so he had to kind of. I can't say it, but yeah, I know I feel it though. I can understand you making money being black, but you, my friends, they old fashioned, and that's what the movie is about. 
a black man doing it the way that I supposed to do it. And people who know about it getting mad about it and people who don't know can't believe in it. And I think Frank was the one who didn't understand that. He as he said, I'm you know, I'm here representing myself. I'm not thinking about black white, I'm thinking no, about green. He, no, trust me, he know. You think so? I don't think he I don't think he really knew. He just didn't care. It's the same thing with Nito Brown. He he definitely knew. He did not care. He because he basically said, you know, Bumpy was doing all this stuff, but he was a manager. He wasn't an owner because they own him. They ain't owning me. I'm doing it my way. I ain't letting nobody else. Like, I don't care about that, but I'm doing it my way. You get what you get. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah. And he made an effort. It's like, you know, low profile. Don't get noticed. You know, don't be out here like a clown, like my man, Nick, like Nicky Barnes. Yeah, we ain't gonna forget about that. <laughs> out here coked up like you know his whole thing was move a certain way and you'll be fine you know have a certain set of principles stick to them you'll be all right it's because the moment you slip off of them you slip and he was getting on people who slip and he'd take advantage of the fact that no one would think somebody like him could ever do that because nobody who looked like him ever did it and even to the end it was like oh maybe you know we gotta find out who he working for they couldn't wrap their head around it it wasn't until the title fight where people start wondering like oh he really somebody and then even then they was kind of like eh, nah he working for somebody yeah they still work so but question I, go ahead is frank lucas a villain is he a villain yes absolutely why i mean look the way he was moving no how was he moving <laughs> he wasn't moving in a positive manner. Let's just put it that way. I mean, a villain. I, now, I, I know what people are gonna say, but if you think about it this way, you were flooding, you were flooding the streets with drugs. You were flooding the streets with, with killing your people, and they made sure to highlight that, like, yo, these drugs are really out here damaging people. While you making money, people are dying. The people that you love, the, the Harlem that you love. Yes. Here is his counterpoint that he would make. He would say those drugs will be there regardless if I'm there or not. The drugs I provide are more pure and should be taken safely. That's a lie, but he'll say that. And he will say he's taking that money to elevate his community and elevate his family. And also provide this, you know, he's he would say he's a cog in the wheel. The machine will continue to move regardless of what cog is there. It just has to be him. Mm-hmm. These are all justifications that he will make and a lot of people make in their position because he would rather be the person giving jobs than the person begging for a job. We heard the same thing in The Godfather. We hear the same thing with hustlers all the time. It's not, it's, I mean, it's whatever it's right or wrong basically depends on your viewpoint. I'm not saying he's a hero. He is I'm, not a hero. I'm definitely not saying that. I'm not condoning what he did because we're talking about where he's going with this. I'm just saying he would look at it as kind of like I'm providing a server that's going to be there regardless. Removing me will change absolutely nothing except for the face of who's getting it. And these are stories that people tell all the time because it's like my job. I'm a pharmacist. I provide health care. But a lot of people look at me as an agent of the pharmaceutical industry that's the devil. I don't represent them, but 
I'm not a fool to not realize that my job comes in part because of them. I make the money I make because of people charging what they charge for drugs that aren't necessarily needed, but are given because, you know, people can't help themselves. If people are designed to, people are taught and are put in a system to not help themselves. And if you take me out the system, somebody else going to do it. And I always try to be like, I'm not out here flooding the block. I'm not here trying to kill anybody. But I also know, you know, my role in that system. I could tell myself all day long, I'm providing a healthy service. But I'm also part of a system who is kindly designed to make sure not. Yeah, you don't want to be too healthy. I mean, even what even what you even with the question you asked, was he a villain? I mean, they opened the movie out with letting you know he was. You had a man. No, no, no. You don't know. They open the movie him being cruel. You don't know what the person did. Cruel? Goddamn, a motherfucker on fire and you <laughs> put six shots in their ass. Take something. You kill somebody, what difference does it really make how you kill them? I mean, it make difference I, to the person. I, I, well, I, it I, makes difference to the person that's dying, of course. But it's like, well, I'm just saying, stating the fact they set it up with who he was. He was okay. Well, he was cruel, but yeah, he's thing. a villain. You're never going to say a drug dealer is a hero. And people, I are mean, like, for years, a, yeah. rappers and it's will. It's the reason we talked about why Breaking Bad really shows the effects of meth. Because then it's like you can't you can't be Robin Hood. It's hard to cheer Walter White when you see a whole bunch of scenes with Tucker, or a whole bunch of scenes with some you know somebody getting an ATM machine to the dome. And you know <laughs> that that was the most interesting thing about Breaking Bad that you were set up with this ride of yeah I want him to succeed and then. As the viewer, they had you like, nah, fuck Walter White for real. That that was good, but we had to talk about American Gangster. So okay, well, another question: Is Richie Roberts a hero? Richie Roberts? Yes. <sighs> that's to you know what? That's whoever you ask. He was doing his job. I'll say that he did his job. He's as far as a human being, he has his issues just like we all do. So it is what it is. His wife, his ex-wife makes a good point saying that the reason he wraps himself up with being the idea of a good cop is to give him justification and being bad and everything else. And uh, you can you wonder how many people that applies to. Oh, it's a lot of people like that. I'm good at what I do. So you can let me slide on everything else. Mm hmm. And we kind of do let people start on everything else. And it's kind of like, yeah, he's not taking money. It was like, people pick up all about That money's going to be gone regardless. Who cares? You ain't taking it. Like, it's not like, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's drug dealing money. Well, you know, he said something interesting in the film when they were sitting in the car. He said, it's not like a few bucks. So has he taken a few bucks before? He probably wouldn't touch nothing. Hmm. Because okay. that way he can have the moral high ground. And people who have the moral high ground love to beat you over the head with it. And they love to use an excuse. As long as I'm doing this, you can't get on. You know, I'm paying bills. Leave me alone. How many times have you heard that? If I'm doing, if I got a roof over your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah then you yeah. can't tell me nothing. And that's basically his moral code. It's kind of like I get to be a clean cop in a situation where most cops aren't clean. And to be fair, it's standing out because most of these cops are dirtbags. They looking at him funny because he's not one. And that's been the story of movies. Uh, you know, it's the trope that most cops are dirty. You know, Commissioner Gordon stand out like, you know, 
He don't snitch on people, but he ain't touching it either. Even in Rise of Sun, Wesley Snipes, he took some money with Harvey Keitel. It was like, yeah, you know, my mom, my wife pregnant and bills coming up. Yeah, I took 20 grand from a drug dealer. Leave me alone. And he's like, a, and it's not like him being a bad cop. It's him being a human being. And it's kind of like, would you, you see a million dollars, you taking it, you leaving it alone. Depends on where I'm at. No, I'm asking you. <laughs> Depends. You, get a, you can get away with it. Nobody know. And I can get away with it. I don't know, bro. It's not harming anybody. I, I, I think I might just go ahead and just take it. All right, then. But if, and guess what? If you had that situation, you didn't take it. How many people would call you noble? Nobody. Man, you a How many fool. people would call you stupid? Everybody. Everybody. That's all you need to know about what money does. Even you doing a you doing a theoretical right thing would get you called a fool by your social circle. <laughs> hey, but it's it's funny because the homie was like, "Yo, we got to take this. We got to take this because if we don't, if we bring back damn near a million dollars, we gonna be like, you people gonna look at us like we crazy. Ain't nobody gonna work with us." Nah. Even though it and even though it paid off in the end, he was right. It paid off. Everybody, oh, you the man did that. You know, I I know you got to be clean. You that damn dumb. Mm-hmm. So that worked in that regard. So I would say, I don't know if he's it. And it's funny where he ends up. You know, becomes a lawyer, then becomes a defense attorney. The first person he defends is Frank Lucas. Um, he's the person waiting for him when he gets out of jail. And also, we have to talk about the whole fact, like, yeah, it says it's inspired by a true story. There's a whole bunch of lying in this movie. <laughs> anytime, and if you see basic, anytime you see that, know that, yeah, it's going to be a whole bunch of lying in the movie. Frank Lucas himself said he exaggerated a lot of stuff that's going on and stuff that he didn't say. People said, nah, he wasn't bumpy that long. And then, like he took somebody else's story, added to his and he didn't bring the drugs in through coffins. It was through furniture. I'm not sure. And like stuff like that. Like Richie Roberts, I only think he had a baby. <laughs> like he didn't have a child. So that whole thing was added, was made up. His wife did leave, but she came back. Um, like it was a lot of stuff that was like added in chain, like how much money he had. It was kind of like you don't know, but I mean, the movie said two hundred fifty million dollars in the seventies. It's a lot of money. That's a whole, that's a whole bunch of money. And one more thing before we get in the movie, is this you know about money and success? Ooh, that is a pain. Being somebody that's responsible for a whole bunch of people is a pain. I don't care what anyone tells you. Yeah, it's good comes from it. Yeah, you get the nod saying you're helping out people, but it's like it's never enough. It's and it's always like no matter who you help, people are not gonna notice the people you help. They're gonna notice who you missed, or they can think you do more. And the more you give, the more you want, and it never ends until you end. And it's tiring. It is draining. And all of that, well, if I had it, I'd do it, is a lie. You know how I know it's a lie? Because people who really would do it, do it regardless. They did, you know, the people type, you know, the person say, if I got $2 and I'm me and the homies, we all eat and we're going to make that $2 work for everybody. Mm-hmm. $2 ain't a lot of money, but you do what you do. 
And the person, the person who shared where they barely got it, and they shared it anyway, they the ones that do what they have it. Everybody else, they just saying that so it sounds good. Oh, you know, I hook you up so I get my stimmy. <laughs> no, that sound nice, and it's justified. Like, oh, I'll expect help from this person because you know they don't have it, and it's human nature. But guess what? When they do have it, they don't want to give it either. You want what? Nah, man. I, 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 no, I don't know. Him. How you gonna pay me back? I don't. I don't trust you. I don't know that's like that. So, cause it's a it's a burden because you're not just responsible for you. You're responsible for everybody, and it's not like. You, and once you start, it ain't like you can just stop. Like, oh, I, I'm done. Y'all be all right. It's like, I'm on Frank. I moved. You know, I'm here for you. What I'm supposed to do now. So whenever you hear comments about you know, how come athletes go broke, how come this go right, I'm like, it ain't. Sometimes it might be because they buy it. Normally, it's like they taking care of like a, a household or a community or, or or a whole family. Yeah, as I say, community. I mean the whole community. Like Frank moved up there. You saw how many people was in that house? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw many people in the house, and I saw like them damn twenty five, like twenty five people, <laughs> trucks and cars pulling up. Yeah. What the hell? It's like so you take care of twenty five people that that take work taking care of people because guess what once you start you always got to do it. Well, the, the one good thing is uh, he did put his brothers in position to work work too. Like they won't just sitting there; they were working. True, and that helps. And it's there, and it's definitely he was a fan part, but it was family on his terms. Which why I say like the funny thing about this movie is. It's a different type of energy compared to training day. Training day is like, okay, he got that Denzel charm. It was kind of sinister. Uh, Frank Lucas is a, a got Michael Corleone energy where I'm a gentleman, but I'm evil. I will strangle, you know, I'm beating up family members. I'm telling people, you know, I'm banging my brother head in the car window. I mean, we've all, we've, reckless. All, we've all gotten a fight with our cousins or brothers, so that's nothing new. Yeah, not, no, I never did that. <laughs> You never got in a fight with your cousin or anything like that. I never banged. I never banged my cousin head. Oh, of course. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in general fighting. I'm not. I'm not using a piano as a weapon against family members. <laughs> like this is levels to it. I think and then another block that shit. I'm like, no. <laughs> I think that was like a third cousin the way he treated him. <laughs> Man, that's your cousin. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Country ass motherfucker. He's real good for talking about that. Them damn bamas from Carolina. Motherfucker, you from Carolina just because you've been up in Harlem for a couple of years. Chill out. <laughs> I don't got no. Nah, I don't know what you're talking about, yo. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like he had a different energy where it's like you could admire it, but you never really wanted to be it. He was never really, he wasn't likable. And that was the point. And I think the only time he's likable is when he's charming <clears throat> his uh, future with his wife. That's the only time he's charming in the movie. And when he's doing with his mama, talking about he built a, you know, he built a furniture from memory. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the movie. Synopsis. <sighs> you know, following the death of his mentor, Bumpy Johnson, Frank, Luce, Frank Lucas rises to take over the drug trade by cutting out the middleman and controlling the heroin distribution of New York. And he is being investigated by New Jersey detective Richie Roberts. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, it's more, that's basically going on Richie Roberts trying to put Frank Lucas in jail after figuring out who Frank Lucas is. 
And the movie came, like I said, movie came out in 2007. Budget was $100 million, made $266 million. Um, this movie was worked on for quite a while. You know, started in like 2000. And then 2004, Antoine Fuqua was going to direct it. You know, Denzel Washington is going to be the star. Richie Roberts was going to be played by Benicio Del Toro. Mm. So once the budget kept going higher, like the original budget was $80 million, it kept increasing. They was like, I don't know, let's go and be this and um, move it to Toronto instead of New York. Fuqua was like, nah. So then he wanted to cast people like, you know, John C. Riley, Ray Liotta, and he was fired in 2004, four weeks before principal photography would begin. Because they couldn't, like, they couldn't work out the details. Right. You know, needed differences, budget, everything like that. So then they asked Peter Berg. He was like, all right, I'll do it. Oh, God. And because the budget, you know, Denzel proves, oh, that would have been a different movie, you know. <laughs> So they basically they canceled production because it was like, you know, nah, it's calling too much. And it ended up costing $30 million because they already had Denzel was getting paid regardless. $20 million went to him. Five went to Benicio. Five, like, I'm, I'm getting paid regardless of the movie making or not. So 2005 comes. They bring it back up. They ask Will Smith take Denzel's spot. That's Terry George to come and direct the film. He cut out some scenes, reduced like the travel to Asia, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, you know, removing the material, say, oh, this movie ain't going to work. So Ridley Scott's like, hmm, maybe I'll try it. And this Ridley Scott, so it's like, all right, well, budget ain't going to be a problem. I'll bring in my homie Crow. Let's make it work. And then they made it work. That is a hell of a story of uh, how we got to this movie. Um, because I didn't know about the Peter Berg uh thing, and that good lord, I just couldn't even imagine what that movie would be now. If he, I mean, it's funny thing because like around that time, like it's you think of Peter Berg now, but I remember Peter Berg didn't like you know the Kingdom is a very nuanced movie. Like the Jamie Fox, Jennifer Garner when they in, they in Saudi Arabia doing the terrorist bombing. He directed that. Yeah, uh, I never saw it. It's a good movie. It's you wouldn't think it's Peter Berg based on stuff you see now from him. I mean, it's a little stuff here and there. It it's funny, like you think about that, like Ridley Scott. You wouldn't think of Ridley Scott having a hip hop New York flair. It's a man from Great Britain, but like this, think about think about the trailer you just played, and think about the music they used. Yeah. And the fact, you know, Jay-Z saw this and got inspired to do, you know, an album. Because Jay-Z was kind of like in like, you know, retired, semi-retired. Was it? Was he retired? No, this is right after uh, he came back, right? That's why I say, I don't know if um, this is this first album. Yeah, it probably was. No, his second album after he came back, that first album was trash. <laughs> Kingdom Come. No, and the we won't go on that. Basically, like, you know, we need an album like two weeks. All right. Like, he rushed to make that album because it was like time constraints. So, you rush people, you get what you get. Everybody can't, you know, make it work in a day. So, 
Yeah, let's get in the movie. As you brought up, you get introduced to Frank Lucas setting a man on fire and then shooting him. And as Bane would say, perhaps you want to watch someone would shoot the man after set him on fire. Because why would you? I'm like, let the fire do the job. You're just wasting bullets. It's like, yes, this is a man. He's a driver and a bodyguard for Bumpy Johnson. Godfather Harlem, played by Clarence Williams the third, uncredited, uncredited role. And what you say about what do you say? You need to give him cherry juice and a salad. <laughs> this man, this man was out here eating hot dogs from a damn cart. Man, give him some cherry juice and a salad. Get that heart rate right. So, bumpy. So they basically, you know, going in a probably a Woolworths, one of those type of stores, complaining mm-hmm. about. You know, American changing how they cut out the middleman and they taking jobs from America and moving over to Asia and like, you know, mom and pop stores becoming grocery stores and small stores becoming big stores, like ruining the community and bringing down, you know, quality of product and then pride of what you're doing. What you think about about that? What you think about what he was saying? I mean, it's truth to that, but it's like. If a person has the opportunity of spending one dollar for a B minus product or three dollars for an A minus product, they're going to choose the one dollar product, especially if they don't have the money to choose that. It's like a paradoxical thing. It is truth to that, but it's like if you ain't got it, you ain't going to spend it. Right. It's easy to say this whole I want to buy American made stuff. You got to have American dollars. Like if you had the money, you're going to spend. People got money spending. Like people who got it spend it like that because it's better to spend money on quality and cheap stuff. But like it's a theory about the whole boot theory. Basically, kind of like one of the advantages rich people have over poor people, like they actually get to spend less on things because it's better. They could take the long, they can take the short hit for long-term gain. And while I say example, a $200 pair of boots, I just picked a number that lasts 10 years is a better deal long-term than a $40 pair of boots that lasts a year. Cause you got to keep buying those cheap boots. Right. And you end up spending more money in the long run. And that's kind of the nature of things. But this is kind of like, yes, he's saying something. Cause think about it. All the complaints about, a Walmart comes in and takes out six other businesses and takes out the people that work at those businesses and Walmart pays their people crap. And we all know that, but we all go to Walmart cause like, okay, I can get a coffin for a hundred dollars, a shotgun for two and a roll of paper towels. So it's like, yeah, I don't want to do it, but I ain't got the money. I got enough money for Walmart, so it's kind of like it becomes a necessary evil. This the store Bumpy Johnson complained about is a necessary evil because it's like if you in the hood, you gotta do what you gotta do. But it ain't gonna matter, Bumpy. You wanna know why? Because he dies. Hot dogs are a little bit too much for him. Call ambulance. <laughs> you alright? No, motherfucker. You see what's going on? So, and then we get introduced to Richie Roberts, Russell Crowe. A the New Jersey, that's the whole thing. Take into account, it's New Jersey cops. Mm-hmm. I knew that York. comes into play. Like at first, y'all assume it was New York or like New York. Like, no, they are not the same. Oh, whole, no. no. 
no, no, and, no. And I had to learn it the clear. hard way. And they make it clear. So he's in there, you know, he's basically trying to be a lawyer. He's presenting a case and it's kind of like, you know, he's getting ready for the logs, you know, the bar exam. His whole thing is like they judging him because they think he's all this schlumpy dude. And he's just, well, why we got to pay attention to what he's doing. And, and it's always that weird thing where you're a grown man that's lived life interacting with people who haven't, but they're being your judges based on whatever you're doing. There's always that kind of like tensions there because you kind of they kind of looking down at you. You're looking down at them for different reasons. Well, I think he all, he was also right about that public speaking thing. There's something to that because I know how I was <clears throat> when I had to speak in front of class and stuff like that. I just hated that. I hated it. It was just one of those things where it was just like, uh, let's get this shit over with. You got to be a scammer to be good at public speaker. Because <laughs> you got to you have to. And the most important thing you have to scam is yourself that you have to believe what you're saying. And if you believe what you're saying, it's easy to convince other people. Have you ever heard a good public speaker that you could trust? <laughs> no, not at all. There you go. So, you know, what they say the best public speakers? Preachers, certain politicians, you know, certain like cult leaders, all charismatic people that can just move you with their words. Most of them you couldn't trust. Or even if you wanted to, it's like maybe MLK might be the only one you could trust. Maybe. MLK and Malcolm, look what look what happened to them. Yeah, yeah like yeah, activists or like good speaking activists are the most dangerous people in the world because it's like they can move people, and it's the reason why they're dangerous because if you can move people, you can influence people. You can influence people. You got them. So, funeral. <laughs> Here we go. I, I, want, I will bust it out now. We can introduce <laughs> my man Tango. <laughs> you know, I never. I, this is the first time I watched the movie with uh, closed cat. I put closed caption on, so I know with subtitles. Excuse me, so I know exactly what he's saying. But mm-hmm. right. little, it was the spread card. Like, no, I got You know, I know how here. Yes, Tango out here complaining about the spread at a funeral. This man said, I thought Bumpy would have had a better spread. What? <laughs> he is dead. You think he said right, all of 50 years, I thought he had better spread when he died. I got the support of a dollar box. So when, I die, when I die, I, I want chicken wings. I need the wings to make me go. <coughs> oh, shit. I need some wings. So... Frank Lucas is here just seething because they see all these people in here just mooching and conversing and just gossiping, having a good old time. And old Bobby money. Mm-hmm. Had people in this room owe him money. They think, they think you know, I forgot, I forgot, I'm going to get that money. And just talk, you know, you see Nick, you know, it's all these dignitaries come at the funeral, including Dominic Quintano, like the main Italian um, Moss in New York, Nikki Barnes. Did you hear what he said? He's, I just kept popping him in the face. He was talking about shooting somebody in the face at a funeral. I was like, my God. I'm wondering why they cast Cuba Gun Jr. Because, like, it's not a big role, but you cannot take your eyes off him when he pops up. Oh, he's it's, charismatic. It's just a, it's, it's manic in this. He got a. This is like I'm because Cuba Gooding Jr. It's, he had such a funny career. Oh yeah, 
just all over the place. Where it's like I can do goofy mainstream stuff. Like I'll do snow dogs and pretend I'm gay on a on a boat to try to get um resort, you know, Rosalyn Sanchez. And then I could be Nikki Barnes. Or I could be a Tuskegee Airman. Like it's just He did it, he, he could he could do both. Yeah. I think it took him I think it took him a while to feel comfortable with that because it was seemed like after the you know Oscar he was chasing or just picking bad choices. Then it was just like I mean it's you pick you pick what they give you. Yeah. And when you black it's a lot of times you don't get to pick whoever you want to be. Like it's unless you the man, you got gotta make it work. I mean I thought so, he I thought he had a good bounce back with the OJ, but go ahead. Yeah, he did for the wrong reasons. But um so they had the funeral <laughs> A lot of you know, a lot of dignitaries there, you know, mayor, governor, like Ben Johnson basically ran, you know, ran Harlem. So they can plant the funeral. Charlie Williams. I don't know why they had Joe Morton with that mustache. <laughs> I can't wait for that shit to blow off his face. <laughs> he probably chose that and that hair. I was like, no, what is going that on? That had to have been a real person. He had to have done that because that's how the real person moved. Because otherwise, because it's like it's distracting. Because you know it's fake. It looks fake. And everything else about his presentation is like I'm a cultured mannered black man that went to Howard and then lived in like France. And then you see this wispy ass mustache like he about to break some bricks at, at the Shaolin Temple. So anyway, he's like, you know, Frank, you know, Bump ever said, if you ever need anything, you come to me, you would want for nothing. You're like, oh, I'm all right. I got a plan. He did out here, you know. Oh, he put the coaster there. Oh, thank you for that. You gave me some cigarettes, right? <laughs> uh-uh. You, you got to give me the whole thing. My man was like, he looked, he said, mm. mm-hmm. Bro, you didn't give me some cigarettes. I was like, what? <laughs> I had a light out here. Oh, that's, that's real good. That's real that's good. You had a light. He found a sandwich, some chicken wings. I like beans with some toast. You can find that, right? I hope y'all are really happy y'all get y'all Idris because I even forgot he was in this. So he, he ain't in here for long. Yeah, we, we, he in it. He giving you all he got. So, you know, they haven't, they, so him and his part, so we go back to Richie Roberts, him and, you know, him and his partner, you know, <laughs> go on, bust this dude, give him a subpoena, dude, bite his hand. And they beat this dude. Oh, I thought we was friends. You, you fucking bit me. Come on, guys! I know, I know, it's you. You saw me after you saw me first. First, you closed the hand on my door, and then you bite me. <laughs> they before this, they're talking like, "Oh, he'll take it." You know, we went to school together. We're cool, whatever. Yeah, yeah. right. Crooks. <laughs> he was a crook, so you know what he was going to do. Yeah. So they get the stake out to find this dude. They're like, "Oh, they got a little bags, like you know, a little cash, maybe fifteen, twenty grand, like betting slips, stuff like that." And eventually, come out to be almost a million dollars. <laughs> 987 to be mm-hmm. exact. His partner, like, we cannot turn this money in. They gonna, you know, they gonna look at us. We gonna get shot. Yeah, they're not gonna trust cops us. Don't, cops kill cops they don't trust. And it's like everybody's taking money. That's just the nature of the thing. No one would notice if we took it because nobody knows. knows. It's just me and you. And but you're like, no, I know. I know. I and this isn't a few, this isn't like a few bucks. 
you know, Marcus Aurelius taught me about honesty. <laughs> Whatever. And it's a tough thing because, like, on a fundamental reason, he right. But what does that have to do with the world? That's just basically morals is just a way. It's just a tool of superiority. Is as basically say you had the privilege of moving a certain way, and you get to do that that other people may not have it. Whether it's a good, whether it's a good or bad thing is really irrelevant. It's based like good or bad is point of view. But I have learned as I've gotten older, a lot of that time is just kind of like I want to feel good about myself, so I get to do that. A lot of people are good people because they get to brag about being a good people, good people, and it come off as like fake. I don't know if. We don't know about Richie Roberts to get to that point at this point in the movie, but you kind of get the, the way people talk about him, specifically his ex-wife is kind of like, how good a person is he if he moving bad in all his other aspects in life? Mm-hmm. You know, he knocked, you know, he cheated on his wife, he knocking down whoever walking, stewardess, his lawyers. Like it makes no difference for getting to see, you know, for getting, you know, see his son. And everything like that. And it's like, oh yeah, but he don't take money. He and he do, you know, bench presses. So I guess he's a hero. <laughs> so anyway, they decide to not keep the money. They bring it in. They count out in public. He's like, Are you saying? We doing counting out here. Mm-hmm. Nine hundred eighty-seven, nine hundred eighty-seven thousand. Where the rest of it? And they and all the people look at him like they call him. What they whispered to call him? Oh, um, I don't. I just said I. I think somebody I know. One of them was like, "Can you believe this?" or something like that. One of them had said, "Oh, like fucking Boy Scout." Yeah, man. Turn around, like who said that? You don't see anything walking. His partner, like man, punk ass. <laughs> and he ended up getting ostracized by this because, like, all right, he moving. He a weirdo. So he might he might have a wife, he might be snitching. Mm-hmm. So like this. And then it show it don't matter, because this is why I put my notes. Thanos comes and take the money and coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He really did. So Josh Brolin playing Trupo, special special investigator. You know, you see that what that mean? That means I'm special. special. Comes in here, takes the money, takes some cocaine. It's like, oh, it's like going to the supermarket. Because it's part of whatever case they say they're working on. Divvies up the cash and gives sells the cocaine back to the Italians after it's been cut and chopped for them to sell. So their whole thing is, you know, French connection. But they, they had this big stash of dope. They took it and then sold it back to the people that were selling it. Ain't that some raggedy shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, if you want to be greedy, go on to Wall Street. Why are you a cop? <laughs> I never got that. It's like we get to bully people. Be the military. Mm-hmm. You got better guns. Like, I, uh, but the bread ain't the same. You're right. Mm, you get to bully people, make more than you would. Yeah, but it's like no one. People, people love troops. They don't love the cops, so that's the whole thing happens. So that's what's going on, and you know, he's talking to this, you know, it's a top like Frank's in this diner with Italian youth. I'm all, oh, you know, they take our dope, they step on it, and they cut it, and they sell it back to us. And it's like it's just what happened to nature things, and everybody going on. See, you can tell they had Italians. Italians don't do this. How's it going in your neighborhood, Frank? 
And Frank is like, you know, people just doing what they doing. It's like, you know, Rob, you know, it's basically like, you know, the Wild West out there. And it's like, see, it's no discipline, no, no honor, or anything like that. You know, you know how the Italians move. Wait, wait. That yeah. would never happen with Italians. Motherfucker, you just told me y'all getting joked. So what you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. So this coat that's getting stuff to us, like, let me give some stuff. Girl, red, her name Red Top. <laughs> <laughs> the name he's like yeah we get something for the troops oh thank you very much i wouldn't complain about because it it's free it's kind of weak yeah it's like you know they stepped on it two or three times and this shit ain't hitting and frank's realizing all this is like how to you know get over this well yeah because they talking about his cousin over there first and then that's when they start talking about yeah you know i ain't want to say it but that shit over there is way heavy uh so the shit over there hitting because it's pure and ain't got it, you know. Ain't getting chopped down and shit like that. So they telling Frank that, and he just listening because he got he got a plan. And then who show uh, Frank? You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, show my terror, You must not send the sign. You see the cup, no twenty percent. That's how it goes. Mister Tax, pay the king tax, Frank. He's like twenty percent. My profit's twenty percent. I give you twenty percent. Well, I don't got nothing. Over. Well, don't show dope then, Frank. Go go get a real job. Want drive a car, Frank? Shout my shoes. <laughs> well, call me Miles. You want to do that, Frank? Be my, be my servant, Frank. You want to do that? Yeah, you draw that. <laughs> he's like twenty percent, and he's like he gave us tip because did in the diner. And one thing that you notice whenever he pour more sugar than normal, it's like a little cue to the bodyguard, like you know some shit might jump down. And I didn't notice until like the second, like the second or third time it happened. Mm, I didn't notice it at all. Yeah, it's like little things like that. Like that's what happens when you watch a movie more than once. You kind of like get to watch. The, like the first time is like you just immersed in the, the movie. You just letting the movie be around you. You taking it in. When you actually like pay attention, you know it's different. That's why all these comic nerds be looking for Easter eggs because they're not watching the story. They watching for clues like it's Tomb Raider. I mean, I'm you don't I'm you don't do that, but you normally don't do that for a first watch. You're supposed <laughs> to do that like the second time. They go like the because you do that the first time, you might miss the movie. Yeah, that's true. I know. I I gotta admit, I was doing it with Wandavision. I was just looking for everything, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, in the extended edition, this when they come to a flashback when you there with Bumpy, they talk about the whole sheep and the the shepherd and like that. It's like you know, the shepherd does what he needs to do. He got the stick, but he don't need to use it. He get this guy from the you know from behind the scenes and everything go. And that's all he worried about. And he remembers about how Bumpy was complaining about the middleman, and Frank realized the problem is the dope, and they getting the dope, this weak ass dope from the same spot. So, what you gotta do? You gotta get the dope from somewhere else. And if you can't get European dope, get Asian dope. So, what does he do? He gonna go to Thailand. So, brother, and call his, you know, call his cousin. Hey, Nate, who what's this? going on? Who's this? Frank? Frank? Who? Your cousin, Negro? Oh, Frank, what's up? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm gonna, so basically, you get a passport. He takes out 400k, equivalent to three million dollars in 2021 money. Goes to Saigon. His whole thing is he want to get direct. 
They're like, no, you got to go with the ching chong, you know, you got to go out this. They got to break it and anything like that. Like, nah, I want to get it where they get it from. You talking about the jungle? jungle? Yeah, I'm talking about the jungle. I'm in the jungle. <laughs> nah, you in the jungle. They got snakes and mosquitoes and rats and shit will bite you and kill you, Frank. You want to go in the jungle? We going in the jungle. <laughs> All right, we going in the jungle. So they go in the jungle. They get, you know. So we going... We're going to get there. Well, why, why, why are they about to travel in the jungle? We got to go back to the issue with Richie. So he's getting a divorce with his ex-wife. And one of the issues is, no, we get there. Like, he's basically kind of like, he's getting a divorce and she want to move to Vegas. Take the kid to Vegas. And it's like, well, how am I supposed to see my kids? Well, you no, know, you can't even see them when they're here. Ain't my problem. <laughs> Vegas is no place for a child. Oh, and being with you is? <laughs> it's like, yeah. And meanwhile, some kids complaining. He tell them, like, can you keep it down? And then while they have this argument, because it's like, you know, yeah, you might be, you know, you, know, you lied, you cheat. Yeah, you might be a good cop, but you ain't a good husband. I'm not dealing with this anymore. I need to keep moving on. He's all, you know, trying to figure out how to handle this. And then the kids, the kids still breaking bottles. He's like, look, I will shoot you in the fucking face if you don't stop. And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> sorry, man. It's crazy. <laughs> and she up there like, you don't have a gun. And he's like flirting with her and it's almost like working. She's like, you don't have a gun. You're crazy, Richie. And then she had to wake up. Like, oh, no, nah, this motherfucker ain't shit. <laughs> like she remembered the stuff that she fell in love with and then she remembered where that love turned to. And that's why I was like, love's a tough thing. So the goal is he want to get 100 keys. We're going back to Frank. Frank, you know, they take the boat. You know, they're in the river. They got the donkeys there. And they out there making poppy. You know, it's like, they're like, oh, so you want 100 keys? Yes. And you know, how you going to how you gonna get it across? That's my business. Who do you work for? for? That's also my business. I work for myself. So you try to say you want a hundred keys and you don't work for anybody. Who are you really? You see who I am. Frank Lewis. Says on you the must have a, no, and what about your enemies? He's like, no, I worry about, you know, I handle that too. He's like, all right. And in the future, I will hope I got to make this trip again. He's like, you know, well, on a slight chance that this work out, um, how many more would you want? He's like a lot more. He kind of look at him like, you know, this nigga seemed crazy. <laughs> <laughs> his, his money real. He's like, all right, give him a chance. So brother. <laughs> so brother. So brother. They shaking this kind of like, you know, basically the um the Vietnamese army runs this. And it's kind of like he said, you know, the drugs will always be here. Somebody gonna buy them. They don't really care as long as kind of like, you know, we well, not gonna get in trouble. So nope. do what you gonna do. So <laughs> that's on y'all, but just give us yeah, a break. That's on y'all, it's like because this whole thing is because you gotta think about it. A black man with that amount of money buying buying that much dope, a hundred keys is a lot of is a lot of drugs. Yeah, four hundred grand. There's a lot of money down there. Funny, so. a lot of money anywhere. Wait, Boy, it's, not, it's the seventies. Like I said, that's the equivalent of three million dollars. Like, this ain't Pablo Escobar money, but even Pablo Escobar had to start from somewhere. And it's like, this grew. So basically, 
he get the whole thing and the you know the bribe and ship the first amount because like oh it'd be 50 give him 100 frankie's only 50 he's like he don't want to take any chances give him 100 he's like look this is all i got make sure that dope get on that plane because if i don't get there i don't want to go to another funeral i ain't got time to go to nobody else's funeral and basically what he said i will kill you without saying that he told him that shit i mean what's that amount of money that's kind of you know it'll be on there frank <laughs> yeah, it is unsp- that's the whole thing friends is friends family family once you hit a certain money amount that makes no difference that's why people say don't mix that in business because it makes you you know you don't want to kill a friend but you sometimes you have to that's why i'm at the point now where it's like i don't loan money i either give it or don't because i loan you money you don't pay me back um, yeah we ain't gonna be we ain't gonna be friends anymore, and I'm not a necessarily nice person. Say your say your favorite side, but throw your ass into traffic. <laughs> Basically, don't be around the overpasses if you with me. If I see you, just leave it at that. You know, don't be crossing no train tracks. <laughs> so, meanwhile, back in America, Rich Rich out here, you know, he chilling with um. A random woman, because Richie is never lonely. Get a phone, get a phone call. His partner in trouble, and they in the projects. And one thing about these buildings, these buildings are some of these scenes in these buildings. They like these like war zones. That's why they call them the projects. Yeah, the, it's funny like how the projects were originally designed and what they became. Racism. But that's a story for another day. Yep. So. They get there and it's oh god, struggling for me for the gun <laughs> out. Peace, no, man. Peace, man. I had to do it. <laughs> this man is out of his mind, and Richie know it just seeing him. Just, I immediately looked at him and he knew it. What you doing the projects? No, I'm trying to do good cop stuff. No, <laughs> no just like you, be a good cop. Mm-hmm. So basically, he robbed he robbed the drug dealer and then, sh- and then shot him. And the drug dealer fought back, and then the paramedics came. Then everybody saw they heard the gunshots. So it was like this white man in here was going on. It's like a, a two hundred black people in there. Meant you know the fuck going on. And keep in mind, no backup, mm-hmm. nobody in the area. You ain't going no backup. So this whole thing is like the dude that well he dead. They all know that, you know. Oh, meanwhile, not not to forget, as Richie's coming over, he's calling for backup, and because of them turning the money in, nobody's coming to help them. Mm-hmm. There's this whole excuse is like, oh, there's nobody in the area. It's like, yeah, they ain't gonna be in the area. Sorry, Richie. <laughs> so his plan, this is a smart plan too. Had a paramedics pretend that he alive, tape his tape his eyes open, and just keep moving forward. I mean, it's a plan. It's a plan, and it worked. And it's kind of like you know, the whole thing is kind of like you know. Then they they go in there, they arguing what happened. Now, I'm gonna probably do a cop work. I'm doing good cop stuff. And they check in his pockets. He got a roll of money. Where you get this from? Doing good cop, cop work. You know, you know, you just write the report like I say, and then, 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 then you know, <laughs> checking the lead. Go ahead, man. I'm just cop stuff. You ain't hit my back. I told you not to turn the money in. Then we can't work. Nobody got our back. He check his. You check his. You know, arm and this got holes. You, you ain't a cop. He ain't rob. He ain't take a cop. He tech a junkie trying to rob him. 
What you say to me, motherfucker? <laughs> you was trying to rob a junkie. You got what he deserved. So eventually, he jumped off the damn ambulance. <laughs> I I think I hope he got paid extra for that. I hope that was a stunt, man. But I feel like that was actually him. Like, it's like, oh, no, no problem, mate. Just duck and roll. <laughs> he took off too. Like shit, he out the game. So, you know, Frank Lucas back home, got the white chemist, checks the purity, 100%. Oh, Frank, I Most of the time, they, most of the stuff they get is 40 to 50. You're like, this is pure 100. Cannot, yeah, take the whole brick. Thank you, Frank. Mm-hmm. So, lactose, dope, blue magic. So, basically, they just cut it in by half. And still, it's like, more like double the purities, everything else on the block, and charging half as less. Walmart. Imagine Walmart with Mercedes quality. Mm. That's what Blue Magic is. So he's, you know, Frank out there, his equalizer beard on the cover. <laughs> Just watching anything going on and business is booming. They trying to like this shit pure and it's just watching. So the money's rolling in. Man buy a piano, cash. No, no, no loans, no deals. And let me tell you something: people will look at you different when you buy certain things straight up. You wanna know how I know? Because we brought a when we got our house, we got a mattress, got a nice mattress. Mm-hmm. You know, not not athlete, but nice. They was, they was like, oh, you know, we got payment plans here, there, and it's like, nah, fill in the card. They like they look at like all of it, like. Ain't that how I'm, I'm looking at like ain't that how people buy beds? Not realizing like you know, no, like people put stuff on payment plans. I'm like, no, I put my car on a payment plan. I ain't putting, you know, it's kind of like the idea is if you don't got it, if you can't get it up front, don't get it. Mm. Cause like we don't trust credit and like that. But that's not a normal thing. People used to like, you know, putting stuff on payment plans. So this lady looking at him like, I'm gonna take this piano, the whole thing. This Negro. Okay. Now wrap up. My day done. I sold a piano. So that's the type of money he got coming in. So meanwhile, back to Richie divorce proceedings and his, you know, women know when somebody having sex. Cause his ex-wife like, yeah, look at him out here, looking all smug. Look at that lawyer. I bet he fucking her. And we proceed to get that scene. <laughs> You know, like yeah, you know, it's a it's a room. As you know, we got we got some time. <laughs> Fuck me like a cop, not like a lawyer. <laughs> well, that is so unprofessional. Well, like Richie Roberts must be the sex machine. He like he, you know what it is? He a he a he a real man in a room full of not real men. Russell, it's that Russell Crowe energy you got. Like it's Russell Crowe man. <laughs> She saw a gladiator. She said, come on, Maximus, take me upstairs. He's the type of like, yeah, he out here. He, you know, he could probably, you know, milk a cow, hang my, you know, hang my portrait and then knock my walls down. That's what I, mean. I need a man. Not these old snorting cocaine can't get it up whining about their daddy. I need a man. That's what Russell, Russell Croy. He made a whole career being a man. Because <laughs> look at example. Tom Cruise give off man energy. I mean, 
No, he give off hero. He give off yeah, like I guess so. not. It's different. Like I'm running around. I'm doing something. <laughs> I could believe him doing things except for having a normal relationship with a woman. Good lord! It just looks like a different type. And I say, man, I got permission. Like I'm a grown ass man. That's what he is. Russell Crowe give off grown ass man energy. So anyway, he get a call. It's Norman Reedus. Oh, we found him anything like that. They just be coming in, dropping like flies. It's his partner. Dead. <laughs> uh, we at least we didn't get to see him die. Cause like I tell you, that actor always dies funny in movies. But uh yeah, he's just out here laid out. Yeah, so they find a blue magic bag. Meanwhile, Nixon talking about how America's number one problem drugs our troops are drugs it's a journey they ran it to the states and yes drug addiction was a bad problem and with the troops and American and like and why wouldn't it be they only want to be there and the drugs are easy to get and don't cost that much so eventually he get recruited because like oh I'm such and such you know I heard so you didn't take a hundred you know you can take a million dollars so nobody trusts you. So I know you're the type of person to get because it's kind of like they real serious about this, you know, DEA, the special investigation with drugs. So you never go in the office again. You pick your own team. No small stuff. We want the big stuff. So him being honest, he get to be like, you know, Elliot Ness and Untouchable. Pretty much. So I I guess it worked out because Norm is kind of like you getting reassigned and you getting you getting shot. I mean, it worked well, out, but you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah it worked out. Because, I mean, even he was looking to do bigger things anyway with his life. He didn't want to continue to keep doing that. So, yeah, it worked out for the time being. So, Frank calls Greensboro, North Carolina. Flair country, as they say. Sir, sir. You know, country. Is this you? Huey? Frank? Frank? <laughs> Frank? Frank? Hey, tell Mama, Mama Frank on Mama the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you would never guess this actor is from England, uh, right? And when the first time it just he he was another one that just threw me off. I was like, my God, okay. Because you see him and you see four brothers, you see this, you see four brothers, you see Inside Man, you have no clue. And then he just, I'm trying to remember a movie. It ain't that many movies where he has his natural accent. I'm thinking that. Did he do a series? I think he was using his natural accent. It, it pop in here and there. You know, he don't get to just let it fly. So when it come out, it's weird. And we'll, we already talk about the accent war. So anyway, he brought his whole family. The entire family. <laughs> when I say entire, I mean four cars of family. He, and this white woman is like, who are these Negroes here? <laughs> Carpet baggers? It was a lot. I, I think he brought he brought the immediate and some cousins. Senior, so yeah. Well, they said when they arrest when they eventually got arrested, twenty five members of the family got arrested. So do the math. Immediate and Ooh. yeah, a whole bunch of cousins. Yeah. And it's the mom was like, you know, oh this this is a beautiful house. Who house is this? This is your house. This is my house. house. No, that, I'll tell you, ain't no feeling like a black man buying his mama a house. Yeah. That's the feeling right there. So, and that's a big house. But, 
You gotta be. You got all them people in the crib. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, the brothers and I think they probably eventually like, yeah moved out. yeah like, moved out. There's a lot of people in that crib, and I always laugh because it's kind of like that's an ethnic thing, not a necessarily racial ethnic thing where it's like take care of the family, everybody together. America kind of like I got mine. You take care of me, and that's it. It's the story. It's kind of like I was able to start a business because my parents gave me a million dollar loan. Now I got to pay back, and I got to live with the five years. Now I'm a millionaire. Why they stick doing that? Us is kind of like y'all made it. I'm bringing the hood with me. I've never heard somebody say that Brett Favre bring the hood with him. No, it's like Brett Favre took care of Brett Favre. The hood is the hood. They better get their bootstraps too. Learn how to throw a ball. <laughs> you said learn to throw a ball <laughs> so yeah and it's kind of like you know they're talking about she looking through the house it's like oh it's furniture and anything like this and looks at a um i guess it's a i don't know what's a was it like a nightstand or like a dresser drawer yeah, dresser drawer like kind of like combination i built it from how you built this the same way i built it from memory Remember, you was only I don't know five how, years old. How could I forget, Mama? It's like yes, this is a family man. As long as you do things the right way, so which we will find out about doing things the right way. So meanwhile, Richie building his team, and he got the homies. Like I got these two dudes, and you know you trying to do everything like this, and they wild, but they do everything like wild is understatement because you got Rizzo there. <laughs> And of course, he danced with a white woman. <laughs> I got a chance to do. And I was a man. How they look in the? It's, it's probably you know seventies. Probably wild. I was born in seventy nine, so I didn't get a chance to go through that. I went through the eighties where it was just crack. But <laughs> he just had a good time. And then the other dude was like, "Oh, look at them. See the one, the, the two big fat ones. He like, yeah, he like, he like a big ass. He out there grinding these two big women. Dancing with two black were, women. Two black women." They got his nipples out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they wild, but they real good cops. You know, he got a temper and a bruise but he's straight shooters. Like, if you want me, you take all of us. That's a homie right there. You know, we a yeah. whole, you know, we a team. Like, you know, you got the, you want the locks, you got to sign all you, the locks. You know how that, you know how that would have played out with 75% of people. Oh, you know, I got to leave. I got a better opportunity. What? Because yeah, you know mm-hmm. base is like, you know, getting where you fit in. So Frank there with his family talking about, you know, Bumpy did all this, but he was just a magic. He never owned his product, so he didn't own his business. They own him. But nobody owned me. You know, you gotta have respect. You gotta know how to handle things and take care of business. And then he take care because he see Tango again. Oh no, wait a minute. He take him to the uh he take him to the uh to Red Place where they make the dope. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, why they got their titties out, Frank? <laughs> so they don't steal nothing. You never seen oh like you never seen titties before. What's that comma? Yeah, I was coming with a comma. They out here naked, Frank. <laughs> why they all here naked, Frank? So they don't steal nothing. And the girl mm-hmm. read, like, y'all ain't never yeah. seen no naked oh, girls. Yeah, including his brothers, like, is him, is Huey, is also common, who's barely in the movie. Yeah, you only seen like maybe three times. And his son, 
Steve played by T.I. What's up, Opal Ray? Yo, you heard your picture? Yeah, they can't catch me, though. I knock them on their ass. <laughs> no, I, you go ahead, Kyle. You go catch them like this. You're going to fall. I'm, um, I'm putting a hole in He absolutely brought that uh, southern, that southern draw, that southern uh, sound that they needed. I'm gonna knock you on your ass, Uncle Huey. You better step back. You gonna catch this curveball? You you try? I, damn, move forward. I know outfield. I'm a pitcher. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that? Uh, what was that Billy D. Billy D. Weir's movie where they were like a baseball team? Bingo. Uh, <laughs> it's like bingo and stuff. He said like an extra in that. So anyway, they breaking down how business go. And he like, for example, he walked down. Oh. And get my tip twenty percent. <laughs> oh, now I'm gonna pay you. Other you do, I give you shit, right? Oh, you gonna shoot me? You gonna shoot? You gonna you gonna shoot me right here, probably? But to the chest, one of the heart. That's all they taught us, right? <laughs> right there. Uh-huh. Like he talking. Yeah, he should have treated like he's Jason Statham. And what does he do? Bam! Blow his head off in front of everybody. And Drops walk. the gun on his chest. Put the money in twenty percent, and walks away. And they all looking at him like, oh, shit, Frank ain't messing around. Like, we're worried. And they all, all looking right, at him like, motherfucker, boy. where were you? <laughs> we just saw that. No, he basically saying, like, you know, let's continue our conversation I was having about the importance of business and family. Yes, but they're looking and at him like, they, mm-hmm. they're looking at him like, we just saw what happened. We ain't going to talk about it. No. What's there to talk about? <laughs> what John C. Riley saying on. Um, <laughs> Skull Island, that guy, are we going to do nothing? He dead and he ain't coming back. What's there to talk about? Well, I guess. Damn, brother, what he, what that man do to you? I'll say something later or something. For what? Yeah, they ain't know him. They came from North Carolina to have a conversation. And this man killed somebody before brunch. Man, y'all Good. be asking the wrong questions. Mind your, mind your business. I'm trying to be in the business. You, Man, nah. You asking how a watch works. Just focus on the time. Nah, cut that shit out, man. <laughs> <laughs> you focus on the wrong thing. It had to be one brother's like, nah, this ain't for me. I'm out. I'm going to go back to North Carolina. Trust me. I'm sure they knew how Frank moved. Probably. They heard stories. Mom was like, I never want to ask how you got this money because I didn't want you to lie to me. So don't <laughs> lie to me, Frank. It was like they... We all got family members like, yeah, what he be doing? Stuff. <laughs> yeah, that that that's the answer. I don't know. So, so basically, like, you know, so Richie's breaking down the mission. First, they asked him, yo, so I heard you the man out there. You had hunt, you had million dollars on the table. You ain't take that shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, that's me. Uh, just changing the subject off. <laughs> oh, I think it was stupid. Yeah, but I, I just did what I write. Like, yeah, you crazy as hell. And, so the whole they all look at him was like, yeah, yeah, you stupid. But let's get to work. How many of y'all would have left? How many of y'all took the money? They all raised their hand. He's like, yeah, yeah, I thought about it, but you know, I didn't. So we here now. So whole thing is like, you know, big arrests only. None of that small shit. They trying to find out, you know, where this blue magic coming from. So Frank out and about at his place that used to be owned by um Bumpy Jackson. It's called Smalls. You see Nikki Barnes out there wilding out. <laughs> Looks look like a peacock. And 
Tom Tom must have lapsed enough to the point where, you know, Huey is out here like, yeah, I went shopping and I'm going to like dress like Jamie Foxx in the beginning of Django. Like, what's this what you got on? It's clown suit. Basically say, arrest me. Yeah, uh, talking about Frank? Look sharp. I'm out here, you know, Nikki told me I'm looking like, oh, you trying to dress like Nikki Barnes now? That's what you trying to be like? Yeah. The loudest person in the room is the weakest person in the room. <clears throat> hey, <clears throat> get my throat together. This is what he said. If you weren't my brother, I would blow your motherfucking head off. And they and he laughed it off. Ha ha ha. I best I bet that won't come back in hard. <laughs> Look, he know his brother. But he is his brother. Yeah, okay. But so he did. I mean, yeah, he, he didn't, but what I'm saying, up. what I'm saying is what happened later, he shouldn't have been surprised. He probably was surprised. Mm. He probably just was still happy. I mean, he wasn't that surprised. He was like, he might have been startled. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a good word, because that's what that picture looked like. I said you startled. So meanwhile, Charlie was like, oh, who's that? Oh, Miss, you know, because Joe Freight, you know, because Joe Lewis shows up. Bro. And, I mean, <laughs> I'll just let that be. But yes, not broke. He just dealing with some tax. Yeah, he did with some tax issues. Let on one of my baby. He won't broke. Maybe um, I don't know. I've always looked at that weird because I'm like, how did you get to the point you owe that much? They ain't get you the first time. Like I've been seeing those commercials. Like you know, I I was behind eighty five thousand dollars in taxes. I paid for three years. Then I called such and such dot com. They fixed it. How are you out walking? <laughs> How did they get you after year one? They just let you like. How did they get to the point where you owe that much? Yeah, it's it, it's funny who they catch and who they don't catch. Like, yeah, it's just weird. It's like you hear them stories. Like, yeah, such and such. They finally like thought you gonna get away with not paying four million in taxes. Who do you think you like? You are not Jeff Bezos. Like, you better get that shit out. Of here. Ain't uh, them not getting away. Them is like no. They find a way to not pay. It. You just like saying. I ain't gonna do nothing. I'm gonna hope they forget. <laughs> yeah, they, they they ain't gonna bother with me. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> they overworked. They ain't that overworked. They gonna find your ass. And it's a funny thing. I already say basically most of the people they get are small business, like small people, because they don't got enough energy to fight big people, and the big people know that. So you, if you super rich, you get away with it. Cause you know how to. If you're not, you're gonna get caught. So anyway, yeah, Joe Lewis, he like you know twenty five grand short, and you give it to him. This is a gift. Don't worry about it. You gave you know you did a lot for Bumpy. It's the least I can do. Cause Frank, remember you know who got him. But Frank ain't there just for tax stuff. He did to find a woman, Miss Puerto Rico, that came with Joe Lewis, and she ain't leaving with Joe Lewis. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe don't seem too not. He seemed rather nonplussed about that. So I wonder if that was just kind of like you know, it's just a thing. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was one of those things. Like, oh, let me take you out, but on some cool shit. Mm, yeah, all right. ain't no way in the world. I'm just saying, you man got. Other, I'm not doing that. He like, got. Do that he got some other fish to fry, so he ain't, he ain't got time to be worrying about that. So. Uh, Anthony Hamilton is singing a song because Anthony Hamilton belonged in the seventies. <laughs> he worked best in like a past era. He was born ten, fifteen years too soon. Uh, I will leave that alone. 
I've seen him in person. Like he's an awesome performer. Oh, I have too. That, but I'm just but it's like that vibe is always like a throwback vibe that worked better. It would have worked better in the past, and it would have worked better now. Because you know, see how Bruno and Mars basically jacked that now. So, but you know, we, when you five foot five, you only going to be able to do what you can do. Listen, man. Shout out to Anthony Hamilton. Yes. His his diminutive self. Man, what is wrong with you? Yeah, you just being a bully. <laughs> like, no, why are you singing this song? He's short. I just want to say that. Good lord. Sorry to <laughs> and all. I don't even have a problem because I actually get mad at people who bullying short people for being short. Like, like they got a choice. Like, it ain't no, it ain't like you can do squats to get taller. That's not how it works. You know, I need somebody I can feel comfortable with. Which for what? If a bear show up, what difference it make? Shout out to whatever height you are. Exactly. So he's, you know, men who know they got like that approach women in the way they got like that women recognize. There ain't no, um, um, it's like, how you doing? He, she's, he catch her eye. She look, she like, he walk over there, introduce himself. I'm Frank Lucas. Oh, this is your place. Yeah. How come we name after you? You know, Smalls. Frankie Smalls, Smalls Frankie, they already flirting. It's like, oh, you know, you about to go to the table? Want me to come over there with you? All right. You like a whole thing. Women know and men know. When a woman like you, you know. When they yeah. not they're not different when they flirt. Not when it's like I think I might like them. They drop them little clues. They say it's just an invitation, and you don't see them because they vague as hell. And it's like I'm not Professor Xavier. I put my toes at you. You didn't know. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm brushing my hair and jiggling and all that. I was like, no, you might be because you don't want to assume that everybody like you. We just thought you being friendly. But it's like a lot of clues. But when they forward direct, then you know. And this is like, I know the vibes. And it's kind of like, you know, he looks the way he looks. He's obviously a man of means. He has cultures like he going to stand out in a room full of Nikki Barnes. Yeah, because he 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 ain't trying to he's not trying to give off that energy that Nikki giving off. Nikki got that manic, crazy, like Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like Nikki Nikki's someone to be feared, but you would fear Frank more than you would feel Nikki. If that makes any sense what I'm trying to say. Because he's moving he moves silent. Yeah. So back to Richie as they breaking down what they have and they realize they have nothing. Cause like you find anybody that got this, you see my make a rest. This dude right here dead, and he passed the bar exam. So he's a lawyer. Yep, proud of it, as he should be. So it's like you know we got to start from scratch, get stakeout, find out where this blue magic going out. Cause they're all around the tri-state area. We don't know nothing. So he borrowed twenty grand. It's like look, this is more than a year's salary. If you lose this. You'll not be able to get this again. So he take the 20 grand, buy some drugs, and I need that blue magic, right? It was like, this man just screamed cop. They just like, oh, whatever. Can I buy 20 grand's worth of drugs? Uh, Ain't no way in the world. Most movies, they be like, nah, this smell like bacon right here. Every other movie just is like it's not about to seem legit. So they get the money, 
he buys it. They end up going, you know, end up going follow Jersey, New York. Uh oh. Follow the money. What am I supposed to do? They go to Jersey. Follow the money. Mm-hmm. So they go out of Jersey because they're in Jersey. They go to New York. And he, you know, he tried to um, the, his ride was going, you know, go around the corner, pick him up, then get stuck in traffic. So he got still a, a taxi. He punches the taxi driver in the face. Everybody <laughs> sleep. Slouched him like he gave him a Cinderella man punch. So drives, <laughs> chase the man, mangle the dry cleaners, about you know, with a bag, and then who's there to rob him? Thanos. Fuck you got here. It's my money. It's my money now. Perfectly balanced. It's all things should be. <laughs> and then also, excuse me, excuse me, I'm a cop. That's my money. The fuck is this? Richie Roberts, New Jersey. Oh wow. Like it's sequential, like this start with this number. It's like, oh, it's okay. It's like, all right, I'll take my money. They're like, all right, this time. So, um, what you doing in my city? Unannounced. You introduce yourself, you know. Do I ever, you know, remember last time I went to Jersey? Didn't tell nobody? Yeah, never. You know, next time you go to a show, do anything like that, you know, you got to show perfect respect. I don't want nothing to happen to you, you know, give you proper, you know, protocols. Like, don't do this shit again. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice car. Real nice. Yeah. Fuck out of here. <laughs> this man absolutely is talking like somebody, uh, a fucking gangster, which he believes he is. <laughs> Look hey. at how he's dressing. <laughs> he's special. That man got a thick black leather. Like, he's about to rob a bank. That man dressed like a, he dressed like a criminal. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Got that that criminal ass porn mustache. Like anything about Josh Bowman screams scumbag. Everything. And it's just kind of like, yeah, he just get that vibe. It's like it's real easy. His superior officer is pissed. They say, like, you know, um, you did punch somebody. Yeah, the little tap right there is like you, you know, it's assault and battery. <laughs> like next time, do it. Like if you're gonna punch him, and here's the whole thing is like this, you know. If you do this again, you're gonna be in trouble. But no, I guess I can't do my job. Nah, I'm saying if I find out again, just don't tell me. Do what you're gonna do. I don't wanna hear about it. You're gonna punch a, a cabbie, do it before you tell him you're a cop. That way he don't know you're a cop. Not don't be foul, just keep it on the hush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so me and our Frank showing off, you know, Ava's like, oh, it's your house. Who's that? Martin Luther King. It's not Martin Luther King. Nah, you know, Martin Luther King had a dream. Ha <laughs> ha. No, it's like that's Bumpy told me everything about, you know, how to be a gentleman. Oh, that's what you are. And he's going to flashbacks and all that stuff. Like he's shooting somebody in the face. Like, yeah, I try to be. It's like, I brought you here because I got, you know, five apartments and homes all over the tri-state area. But I want to... You know, treat you like I'm like I'm serious about you, but I introduce you to my mama. Frank, she's like an angel from heaven. She's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's how you do that. Yes, bring her home to your mama. So listen here, ladies. Don't get them draws. <laughs> when, when, when he introduced you to his mother, then he's serious. Mm-hmm. And because, like he said, it was just a knockdown. Me coming to the crib. Oh no. And he could easily like, you know, I got five spots. 
I could have took you to the Come and Go Hotel, but no, nah, I got respect, Miss Puerto Rico. And mom was like, oh, look at her. her. It's so, so beautiful, baby. Uh-huh. Come on here and help me cook these collards. Yeah. <laughs> this is like Denzel went from, like, you know, I'm just going to be with Lynette McChee and all these black queens to everything else. I played Spike Lee. As soon as he got game started, the, the floodgates opened. But this is a biography, so I mean, you gotta stick to history. I just like teasing them. <laughs> I was watching He Got Game this weekend. I think that's the first time I saw it from beginning to end. Ooh, what a hard movie to get through. Oh no! Well, not bad. It's just just depressing. I forgot oh, how he I forgot how he killed his his wife by accident. Yeah, that was some wild shit. I know one thing. I know that McKee must get PTSD every time Spike calling the, um, the voicemail. <laughs> hey! He go through it. It's Spike. Just wondering I'm um, doing this movie. Uh, what you gonna have me do now? Because <laughs> it started like, you know, it started with Jungle Fever. Had Wesley cheating. It's just going downhill from there. You gonna have me married to somebody complaining about getting his foot chopped off? <laughs> you gonna have me get murdered? Arguing because he wanna beat my son? Like, what you gonna have me? You gonna have me lose my mind? So... That's neither here nor there. But that's the thing. So need child services comes and it's like, you know, they asking questions about you know people at home and like that. Meanwhile, he getting this call while he knocking down the stewardess. Mm, mm. Come to the door, it's like, you know, oh, child service. So basically what happened is so it's a his child's godfather is the nephew of Dominic Cantano. Right. And it's a potential issue because, like, you know, oh, I'll basically tell you, you know, I lied. Did she tell you whatever you want to say? It's like that. You know, you asked me the godfather, your son, and blah, blah, blah. And I'll be, I guess I would feel a way. It's like, now you want to front? Like, you don't know me? Mm-hmm. So, but that's how, that's how it go. So, Frank getting more dope, money coming all in, you know, life is good. Like, getting too good because people at the party. And Jimmy out here wilding. <laughs> here with his whole little crew was wilding, but country ass driver out here doing this wild shit. Niggas like this. Somebody can sh- somebody snorting cocaine on the piano table. I mean, I can understand his anger. Like, yo, what, you touch? Oh me? yeah, nah, everybody get the fuck out. You touching my woman? Like, nah. You, yeah, I mean, I, but well, I understand, understand him getting angry too, like this. Yeah, like, I understand, oh, Frank. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck you doing? Search you, arrest you. You know, I was like that. I was like, yeah, was, this whole thing was right. Then he got, then got shot, and then Frank loses cool. <laughs> Using a piano as a deadly weapon. Oh, right before this, not to mention that Frank had set up pretty much for Stevie Ti's character. To have a trial with the Yankees, mm-hmm. like that's how much pull Frank Lucas had. Oh, Billy Martin, oh, such stuff like this. Oh, you scout? Oh, that scout? Yeah, I heard you got an arm. You need something like that. Like, all right, I got to set up. It's like, yeah, you get the damn his. I get you a hookup for the Yankees to see you. So meanwhile, Frank beats this man with the, with the <laughs> piano. Said the party's oh. over. <laughs> Don't rub that shit. That's alpaca. That's $25 alpaca. You block, block that, that shit. shit. Get the club soda. 
Listen, nobody comes to me. When you want to talk to me, you talk to Huey. Huey, you talk to me. Take off them goddamn sunglasses. Oh, I wish you had that. It's funny. You can quote that. If it's any quotable line, it's the alpaca line. And that's one of the lines I remember. It's like, you block that shit. Like, that's still a joke now. This movie came out like 14 years ago. Yeah. It's... And that's still, I remember that. It's $25 alpaca. <laughs> you rubber that you block you block that shit. Hey, come on, man, it. that was your cousin. I don't give a oh, shit. <laughs> Country ass cousin. Ooh, he was he was quick to call family Bamas. Yeah, man, went up to Harlem for a couple of years. There, everybody a Bama. Well, yeah. he hot nigga. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, basically, so. Don Cantana go, oh Frank, everything going, you know his, and he got money, money, because mm-hmm. he got that whole I'm the end boss of a movie money. Frank working his way up is like you know, I got that. We had like that. That money built from racism. I never see those houses and think somebody bought that living a fair way unless it's an athlete. Like you gotta be like an athlete, a movie star to get that money fairly. Enough money to get a house. That's the type of house Nicholas Cage get. That's why he got tax problems now. <laughs> he bought two. He bought two castles for. for mm-hmm. So out there, um, skeet shooting. You know him and his girl because he might ain't married yet. So right. he's like, oh, Frank, what do you think about monopolies? Uh, you know, monopolies. You know, people say monopoly prevent people from working. They're afraid of. It. I don't know if it's good. You know, some of the friends they understand. You know, they think, hey, yo, think out for you, Frank. You're doing good. You ain't thinking about them. What do you think about that? He's like, I think about them as much as they thought about me. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'm progressive, Frank, but you know we got a natural order of things. And, you know, they, look, they might not feel about you the way I feel about you. Understand? Maybe you get to appease them. You know, you know, you sell a wholesale. You do all right. It's like I'm fine now. You know, I'm a pop. That's a little small time. Be big time, Frank. You know, and it's kind of like basically this whole Telling thing him, is I give you peace of mind and all that shit. And, yeah, you know, basically it's kind of like if I'm representing you, they ain't gonna sweat you. You make your money, you sell wholesale, you can spread out your stuff all over to more people. And that way, their feelings are assuaged. You still get a profit, everybody making. Because now it's like, you know, Frank eating nobody. And then it's like, how about we all eat? You can still get paid. And Frank, like, I'm all right. But his whole thing is, I'm fine. You know, it's like that Marlowe thing. Nobody fucking with me now. Maybe I don't want to expand. Like I'll find how things are now. Yeah, he knew his. Y'all, list. y'all the ones that got the problem. I ain't got no problem. And Dominic's trying to warn him, like, yeah, you don't got a problem now. But problems about to find you. So this way, you still make you make more money, and then you have less problems. And he's like, you know, so basically, it's like buy keys from me, and y'all spread out y'all whole thing. Let blue magic turn like coke. And it's like you see how they, you know, see how they looking at me like I'm the, you know, help. At, like I'm the help. Wife, the the girlfriend knows it. Ava knows it too. Like I'm like we service. And I thought, yeah, they work for me now. <laughs> so now it's the Ali Frazier fight, the first one. And it's like, oh, they give each here. other, they give each other's gifts. 
They give us the. He gives her an engagement ring. Yeah. He proposed. Like, you got to, if you blink, you miss it. You get a one knee. And she not all like, you know, because she ain't like, oh, my God. (laughs) She's like, y'all crazy. You're like, oh, she sees it, but she's composed. You're a beauty queen. And it's like, I got you something. And this way he mess up. We'll get there. We'll we'll get there because I, I got something to say, especially afterwards. It's like I get the sentiment, but his whole thing was like, you know, hiding in plain sight. And but you know what's funny? Going to fight was a the issue was going to the fight in the first place. The issue was going to the fight, and the issue was I've met, okay. I've done this before. I've worn something for my wife because she got it. And then necessarily didn't think it was for me, but I knew that she would like me in it. So I understood him wearing it. But then again, what you said, the issue may be just going to the fight in general. Because this is a big time fight that everybody's there. And all of a sudden you see this man that's joking around with Dominic Quintano. You know, he know Joe Lewis. Hey, hey, champ. Is Frank Lucas, and he got the best seat in the house. How? Who is he? And it ain't like you can't. In just in case you're not sure, you see him. He got that coat on, <laughs> so you can't not see him. Take so off that hat, like, Frank. I can't see. You see about better too. It's like you know. You watch. We watch WWE pay per views, and one thing I know is watch on the network is like for a specific time frame. It's always a dude in a green shirt. Oh, the dude that always go to this show. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's always in the front row seat and never celebrating, never clapping his hands. It's like, it takes money to do that. Because it don't matter what paper, it was like, it for a while it didn't matter what paper I was on. He in the front row. Yeah, he was always there. And I've been, I've spent money on front row seats. Not even that far up. Like, I remember when I went to Mania and just rolled like the sixth row from the back it was like, Twelve hundred dollars, and that was whatever one the San Jose was. That was a while ago, so it they are not cheap. So you keep noticing that you're gonna notice where it's like somebody you don't recognize pop up there, and this is you know it's Ali Frazier. So they go to the fight, everybody there. Richie Roberts, say, oh you don't like fights? He's like no, it's about for the fight. It's for homework. Trying to see who's going because he know the the be all end all people gonna be there. Mm-hmm. So. He get there, and he see like who's this guy in front? Got the best seats in the house. You know, see that Josh Brolin. The fuck, he got better seats than me. <laughs> hey, hey, who this black man? I don't know. Listen, he he in front of Dominic Contender, like he in front of the Don. Yeah, it's like you know, he got the fur coat, and so that happened. So now. He's on Richie Roberts' radar. And <laughs> he's on a whole bunch of other people's radar because it's kind of like, you know, they was like, oh, it's Frank Lucas. He must be some dealer. He must got a boss. I never heard of him. I don't know who he is. He must be, you know, but we need to investigate him. So eventually they investigated. It's like, you know, he did time. He used to roll with Bumpy Johnson, blah, 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 15 years. He probably learned from them. And it's like, you know, he got his brothers there. And they all got businesses and stuff. And they spreading this all across. And it's like, but I don't think he the boss. They got to be some above him. They still haven't put two and two together yet. 
because it's like, how could a black, you know what? Racism. Yeah. How could a black man be in charge? This, with the, with the, the, um, the, when we put the, um, the beginning movie, there hasn't been a black man in charge in a hundred years. He didn't say black man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Patrol is saying black man. We know what he said. We're going to get to his racist ass. So, meanwhile, Frank get married. And who waiting for him? This is that's how you know this nigga raggedy. <laughs> Cable. Mm-hmm. Waiting here. Oh, do you know who I am? Well, you know, you, I pay all the police. You don't get your money from the chief. That's on you. Oh, you say that like you know me. Yeah, you talk to me. You never know. Give me you a know fucking cup of yeah. coffee. Yeah, a cup of coffee. You know, it's special. You see that special investigation? Special. And I know you got you out here with a you know a chinchilla coat. So I know you got it like that. Ten thousand a month. Ten thousand in the seventies. That's why nobody wanted to mess with Frank Lucas. Like how he was he was basically funding a society. That's why these tomorrow how come they don't like if you wanted to stop drug lovers, you could. They don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, too many feeding too many people, too many hands were getting fed and couldn't stop that train. Yeah. As long as it's not the train, then nobody eat no more. Like, I ain't going back to being broke. Like, you don't know how poverty hit different once you're out of poverty. You ain't trying to go back. Cause then you realize how bad it was. AKA Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gonna get sent. Adam Cole gonna send his ass back to the trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got a point, but yeah. So yeah, so he come home. Keep in mind, this happened on his wedding day. He's get pissed. He pissed. He take the fur coat off and like Jada can say throw throw the fur in the fire, watch it burn like Frank. Yeah, let me tell you something. I get the anger. I get, you know, like he was just thinking about I broke my own rule. I'm out here wilding. And I knew I shouldn't have did that, but I did it for my wife, so he's angry. But uh, one thing, I ain't gonna burn the coat. What the fuck that's gonna do? You still got the you know what I mean? Like it's done now. Burning Look, the coat. I've been that mad. I mean, I've and been that whole, mad and too. It's kinda like I know it's like you wasting a coat, but I'm like, you can get another coat. Oh, clearly he can get as many coats he wants. But I'm just saying that effect of burning the coat at that moment, I was just like, ah, fuck it. You know, you made the mistake. It ain't going to help. But oh, I think all men do that shit when we get mad and we do something stupid. And so. it's the color of your reminder of like what it costs. So you don't want to see that coat again. Yeah. So meanwhile, yeah. So after we get the breakdown, it's family dinner and people have a whole different, like a Richie out here eating a tuna fish with chips. <laughs> Struggle life. This yo, how he getting cheeks? This how he live. Let me tell you something, and I'm not, I'm not too ashamed to say this. I know what a struggle sandwich is. I maybe won't be tuna fish, but I, I've had that sandwich before, and it's just hey, you got to grind through that we, shit, bro. We all have, yeah. But it's when we struggle. This man got a job. I this mean, man is a detective he, about to be a. He had nothing more. He about to be a lawyer. He was living rough. Yeah, it might have been nice to fix this quick. It's like, that's a whole thing. You know, people, don't, people don't realize how raggedy men live when they buy themselves. Rich, Richie's the one who will be uh, showing a picture of just the uh, TV <laughs> and mattress on the floor. He got a mattress on cinder blocks. <laughs> like, what's the problem? I mean, he comes out here. 
Mm-hmm. He comfortable. Frank out here living good. Oh, they got the turkey out there. The family there eating well. And Thanos wake up, knock on his door. Hey, I'm going to keep calling him Thanos the Cable. Too broke and kiss my ass. He see, he see a turkey at the door. His car blows up. He hurt. He yeah, you're going to get this money, but you're going to get taxed, too. He was hurt. Messing yeah, messing up my, he messed up my wedding day. Fuck you. And then it's like, oh, so... Let me talk to you, Steve. Why you skipped um, meeting with the Yankees? I, I, I don't want to play. No, I don't want to play ball no more. Why not? I want to be like you, Uncle Frank. I want to do what you do, and that's the whole thing. The point is, I do this so you don't have to do it. That's what normal people say. Frank don't say that, but he just understands. Like, I mean, yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, but it's like people normally do that. Like, you know, Rocky. I'll fight so you ain't got to. That whole thing. I do these sacrifices so you don't have to do the sacrifices. Now I do it so you can do it too. But it's like, if they see how well you living and they love you, why wouldn't they want to go into family business? Yeah. I mean, even his mother said about his brothers, you know, if you would have been a doctor, they would have been a doctor. So they just follow Frank. That's how the family is. The men are. They follow what he do. That's how the families are. And he might get, he'd be like, I got a problem, Frank. What's the problem? Nikki Barnes is the looting stuff. Because <laughs> they show up, they're running, you know, Nikki Club. Oh, let me talk to you. Do you got that um scene? Or you remember the scene? Uh, let's see. Do I have that scene? Uh, let's see. I may this may not be it, so don't don't hold me to it. Blue Magic. That's a brand name. Like Pepsi, that's a brand name. I stand behind it. I guarantee it. They know that even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mills. That's all I got. Yeah, and it's like, you know, when you take a perfect product <laughs> and you make it up perfect, that's just greed, son. <laughs> well, Frank, so, you know, if I want to, you know, if I buy the product, it's bad, I can do whatever I want with nah, it. Nah, that's not how it goes. It's got. Trademarks and copyrights infringements. What the fuck are you talking about, Frank? <laughs> call you know, I call Red Magic. Call it bowl around dog shit. For all. Okay, let's change the name. I would like that. See, it's infringements, copyrights. These are words I don't like, Frank. Whoever's <laughs> like, sorry, Nikki. Excuse me, Nikki. Come to my place talking shit. Yeah, he got upset. Oof. And I can, I understand both parts. I yeah, understand. And he like, and he like my man. <laughs> Yep, that's all he got to say. Nikki start getting scared because it's like that's the whole thing. When somebody wild out and you don't, yeah, they don't know how people people feel a certain way when you don't match the energy the way they think you should. Right, As, especially when you calm because mm-hmm. either they feel like you don't care or you are or you are you are a psychopath. I I am someone who's gotten that because people look at me like I'm like why y'all looking at me like I'm Christian Bell, American Psycho. Like leave me alone. I've, I've learned ahead. I've learned that whole thing um, early on in my twenties. Um, it's a different energy you give out because that whole I'll fuck you up, yeah, yelling and screaming shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's the quiet ones that don't say nothing that you need to watch and need not to fuck with. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> we'll just leave it like that because we never really saw. Denzel rattled. Maybe at the end when he knew everything was coming down, but throughout the movie, you know, the first act and second act, he never really nobody ever rattled him. 
Yeah. They tried to kill my <laughs> wife. Yeah, he was done then. He knew it was game over. So, but, um, yeah, so he does that. You know, old things like, you know, Nikki doing ice cream and shouting. <laughs> he's like, you know, you like my man. And Nikki start getting shook. So, meanwhile, you know, Chupo, give him a, you know, give him a visit. Oh, uh, yeah, have the old car, you know. Where's the Shelby at? The Shelby's gone. Oh man. I don't think that's fucked up. Maybe if your house I blew up next time. <laughs> but why is he all agitated? Oh, what are they gonna do? Get a ticket? Stuff's in the car, Frank. What? Oh, don't worry about it. Got some of them bricks in the car. And they found it. It's like, what are we gonna do with this? I don't know. Really bad say have a nice day and keep on moving. What the fuck are you talking about? Like they ain't gonna arrest them because like they ain't messing with the money. So, you know, chop us the game. But they ain't what they do when, like, that's the cool thing he said when the white man watching. What happened when they done? This is this know I put in. They get pulled over by Roland. Dope is in the car. Frank beats up his brother as he should. In parentheses. <laughs> that man shook like, oh shit, this ass whooping that I. I earned is actually here. <laughs> what should I do? Yeah, the same look he had with Doctor Strange out <laughs> two, two weeks early. <laughs> the the just the surprise on his face, like, oh shit, he really whooping my ass. Yes, he is banging his head in that car. And them them windows are thick. This is oh yeah, it take a lot of work to break that shit. Uh huh. Like yeah. It's like, yeah, don't have dope in the car. Yeah. You know, he, you know the boss in there. It's like, always keep that shit separate. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a mistake. He, he got what he deserved. Yeah, so that shit was sloppy. So meanwhile, the FBI show up. It's like, oh, you know, it's a it's, um, contract on your life because Richie started asking the right questions about Frank Lucas. People don't like that shit. And it's like, oh, you know, what you talking about Frank Lucas? I heard you keep asking about him because he's like he asking all these people and nobody talks to him because they think he on the take. He realized they on the take. Cause like they know the whole thing like this. You don't get that high without being invisible. And it's like you know if everybody making money, we ain't messing with the money. As long as we can keep stuff on the low, it's like don't mess with it. stuff becomes an issue. We can't keep it on the low anymore. In all things, people start complaining loudly about it, and everybody start noticing. That's when things happen. As long as you don't get to that point, you can do what you want. That's yeah. what I have learned in life. That's true. So, anyway, he meet with his his um with Joey. He's like, "Oh, it's a microwave." Yeah, never seen a microwave before. Making popcorn, electric. Oh, it uses photons for energy. And then tell about with this trip, it's like, oh, the ski resort, such and such. It's got five bedrooms, ain't like that. Whose is it? Yours. If you want it, just stop asking questions. Hmm. Leave a big man alone. He's like, you know, um, you telling me this, if I don't tell the right people, then I get in trouble. If I do, you just get in trouble. Now, I hope you won't do that or anything like that. You know, just, just leave stuff alone. Stop asking about Frank Lucas. He is like, I never say anything about Frank Lucas. And that's when he put two and two together, realized like Frank Lucas is at the top. He don't work with nobody. He the boss. 
Because beforehand, he kept thinking like, well, who's the man Frank Lucas worked for? Right. Uh, now it's like Frank Lucas don't work for nobody. So he gets served with court. It was funny. Man, right off. I'm sorry. It's a Richard Roberts. I just thought about that. That seemed like it's a dangerous job. That's why a lot of times they had pretty women because a man run up on you want to, you know, you might get chopped in the throat. Just delivering papers. So as you know, it's the whole thing about the um, court orders and they have the whole thing about custody. It's like, you just being an honest cop to hire all the other shit. Like, I rather you just took the money, been honest to me. Or don't take the money. I don't give a shit. You ain't doing nothing. Nobody gonna miss that money. And she lied about it too. She ain't wrong either. I mean, she's not. Thing is but what you gonna say? Yeah, I think he needed to hear that shit. Finally. Mm-hmm. It's like you just bad at anything else in life, but as long as you're a good cop, you feel justified. And like, you know, there's no place to, you know, like you ain't no place to be a good father. And he like, you right. And she's like, what? Like, you know, you're absolutely right. I'll like, take him to Vegas. I'll visit when I can. So you're knocking out that lawyer for nothing. <laughs> he won't knock it off for nothing. He got his, you know, got his rocks off. He good. Yeah. So meanwhile, Frank home. This probably, I think this is an extended scene. He drunk. He like, I'm paying for all this cop. Like, I don't mind paying for cops. I've been doing that. So, you know, I put more cops, kids through college than like, you know, the National College Fund. It's these special people. What make them special? They just keep taking and taking and they never stop and they just keep on going. And, you know, Bumpy didn't go out no more. I thought he was just chilling. He couldn't go out because everybody watched him. And, you know, Ava was like, well, why don't, you know, why don't we leave? And like, why don't we go out? I was like, you want to go out, get dressed? Because the whole thing is that he gets, he feel like he's stuck. All the success and he just busy, like, you know, paying these heavy taxes and can't go anywhere. You you know, trapped by success. And that No More Money, More Problems song is valid. And people, I posted some out, you know, money can rent stuff. They're like, you know, money can't buy happiness. And I was like, well, you ain't spending it right. I'm like, trust me. I am spending it right. If you ain't happy for yourself, money will not change that. Money can fix a lot of problems that money, that lack of money caused. Happiness is not one of those things. True. And I'm somebody that didn't have, you know, you like hiding your stuff, so that's fine. I'm somebody that was <laughs> poor, but no longer poor. And I will say, being poor wasn't a problem to me till some till people made it an issue where it's like, you get just for being poor. That's when it became an issue. Before that, I was like, you know, I, I'm all right. Like, I need money to, like, live life. Like, I was able to do the stuff I need to do. And I worked and hustled and everything like that. Like, I, it comes to the whole thing, like, hustling in the first place. When we asked about, is Frank Lucas a good man or not? You either, you know, he chose to not be poor by doing what he did. And some people, a lot of people make that choice. Some people choose to be poor. And do it the other way because it's like it's consequences on both sides to it and when you know you're just doing it you're doing it you get just for you you know your friends are with you because you, they with you because they want to be because you ain't got nothing but your you know but yourself once you got stuff that should go out the window 
you never get judged. Like I, I tell you now, I don't like making friends now because they ain't, I already know how the dynamic gonna be. When you got something and they want something, it always makes conflict. This has always been a weird thing to me. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I've never. I've never been that way. I just don't care. Like, okay, love, you know, even growing up, I remember like, oh, maybe a friend or a homie had got the joys that I knew at the time. My family couldn't get them more. I, you know, it wasn't, I didn't like look and say, oh, I wish I had. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't, I didn't care that much. And maybe that's something wrong with me. Uh, no, it's, it's just a lot of times when you go up in the hood, it might, you rarely run into somebody that really moving like that. And if they do, it's like, all right, he playing ball or he's slanking. Yeah. So and if you ain't that, and if you ain't in that life, you're not doing it anyway. So you never really think about it. Besides, oh, he got nice pair of shoes. That's it. It's different when you're a grown up when it's like, you know, I make sure I like, I got to juggle which bill to pay and, you know, make stuff meet. And then, you know, somebody that got, you know, a four, you know, a three car garage. Oh, cool. That's nice. Like that's, I'm, I guess I'm just, I don't know. I never really cared much about that's even as I got older, yeah. but it's different once you got it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because it's easy to say, well, I don't care. It's like, when you're young, nobody care about stuff like that. When you old and you got it, it only doesn't matter when you're around people who got it, too. When you got it and they don't got it, they're going to be looking at you. Because the same thing like Frank. Like, yeah, his his brothers and stuff, they all working. They doing well. But it's like the cops and then the, the lawyers, the judges. It's like, y'all supposed to be the good guys. And I'm bribing y'all so y'all, you know, y'all basically... Y'all keeping me around to make money for you. Y'all should be happy because y'all was broke. I elevated y'all and y'all complaining. So he's that's why he out here sipping straight from the bottle because he's mad. He's like, I'm rich. I can't do shit. And I trust you. I can relate, Frank. Fucking leeches. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just want to chill with my woman. He ain't let me do that. I'm trying to get a fish sandwich. So you go out there and get some Chinese food. Make sure you get the sauce, sweet and sour sauce. Yellow sauce. Come on. Don't stop playing. Don't, don't forget sauce. that. The duck mm-hmm. sauce. That's what it is. His, his homie Doc. Talk about um, Ruby. Yeah. He's not. He at the most. It's funny where he seems like he in a movie the most. He barely talk about him. Ruben Hudson. Like his, oh, yeah. his driver, his bodyguard. Yeah, so they are out there about to get some food. And then, you know, oh, I'm going to wait in the car. You turn the heat on. You don't got the keys. So you go get the keys from Doc. You know, make sure you get that sauce. And then he watching. See, oh, there's a car there watching. So he know what's up. Gets Eve out the car. It's a hit. He get nicked. No one else get hit. And it's like... Wife want to run, you know, and it's kind of like, no, nah, we ain't running nowhere. I'm Frank Lucas. I was born here where I'm going to go. So my family like, here, I ain't running. We ain't running. Huh? <laughs> She's like, we can go wherever we want. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, leave. Because this is the point where everybody tell them, like, you know, no one to cash out. Quitting while you're ahead ain't the same thing as quitting. Yeah, pride. And it's the whole, like, you know, because it, it's rare to get that chance. I mean, you get that chance, take it. Because it's, I never wanted to be rich. Let me question. I never want to be the wealth, wealthy. For what? Why? It's like it's a burden. 
it is a you know somebody got mad to my what do you do you won the lottery a billion i'm like i would keep enough to take care of me and immediate family get the rest away they're like what i'm like what i'm gonna use it for you can elevate the community I want to do that. Man, I'm not. This ain't lottery ticket. Relax. That's <laughs> not my job. And it's like once you do that, it's like okay, you do that. Then all you do is like people who don't get it complain. And it's like you can sell up generations for you. I'm like my. I'll be dead if I if my fam like I could do that now without winning the lottery. Like my if I have kids, they can go to school and I I can pay for it. And they won't have to worry about a house because I can sell mine or they can live where I'm at. Like, I don't need the generation. Well, like, it's I'm at the point where I can do that now. I don't need to win the lottery. What? Buy more, buy more expensive stuff, buy more stuff. It's just stuff. It's a burden. What? Employ people? I don't want to do that. (laughs) I'm trying to cheat. No, I don't want, I'm fine. It's like, so for so if I don't want to do all those things, what's the point? It just creates burden, and that's where Frank is now. He is the most powerful man in New York, and it's a headache. He trying to get some damn chicken wings. He getting shot. So he find you know so basically finds out you know so Josh Brolin show up. He's like oh you know her Frank Corsigan's trying to take a hit. You know the the French Connection dope people they used to work. He put him out of business. You know, um, I could protect them. You got to keep an eye on Jersey. Make sure they don't hit them. See, so you miss, you know, um, they don't mess with the money. He's, his whole thing is like, you know, keep an eye on Frank so he don't get shot next time. And Richie looking at him like, motherfucker, you out your goddamn mind. Man, we, like, do you know, work we do things different in Jersey. We actually arrest crooks. And next time you show up, make sure you, you know, you get proper courtesy. Tell us when you in my city. <laughs> that don't say like that. <laughs> So Frank's without the dog tomorrow. I paid, you know, what'd you say? Level of security. Level of comfort. I don't feel so comfortable right now. Oh, I got I got that. For being so successful, look at you. <laughs> Success. It's got enemies, right? Lots of enemies. So your success took a shot at you. What are you gonna do now? How are you gonna kill it? You gonna become unsuccessful? Successful. Frank, we can be successful and have enemies, right? Be unsuccessful too. You know, we're gonna have friends. He ain't wrong. No, he ain't. <laughs> and I think about that line, like, and that's a, you know, it's kind of like you can be happy or successful. A lot of times you can't do both, and that's why, like, that grind culture, like, it's toxic. And I don't want no. I'm like, it's. <sighs> yeah, watching this movie is is weird now. Cause you just see the whole thing. It's like this movie basically says, like, how much is it worth it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's easy to say. Well, it's easy for you to say. I'm like, I can say it because it's different when you got it, so you actually can see how it is. And it's like, as somebody who has to, like, you know, quote unquote, it's not just about me. It's work. That shit doesn't work. And people and people make you feel bad about oh, helping them. Why can't you help me? You out here living good. You got your chinchilla coat. You got this. You got that. I want that. I'm like, <laughs> get it. Get the fuck out my face. Go. You know, I tell people now, go call your congressman. <laughs> what you talking to me for? Because I like I got a little bit. I ain't got it, you know, even a get out of my face. 
You better go ask Ted Cruz. Good Lord. Tell me what I got. And the, the whole thing is like, yeah, what, and how you going to change that? Which going to become unsuccessful? He like, they tried to kill my wife. You know, Denzel got to get a one Denzel line in the movie. That's his whole Denzel line. He punched his chest. He's like, yeah, you know, that's what happened. And that's what does happen. He's like, what you going to do? Be broken half friends? You can do that. That make you feel better. It, so he chooses not to do that. So Saigon's going down. War about to be in. So it's like, I'll find a way to get this dope. So 2,000 keys. That's the whole thing. Because everybody's like, what are we going to do? It's over. We're talking about baby, it's over. Is everybody going home? We're like, fuck that. Over. I'm coming. Myself. You coming over here? Click. He coming over there. And while he traveling, ooh, shit go down. A lot of shit go down. What's the first thing? You remember the first thing that happened, Jeff? Uh, no, I can't remember the first thing. So I don't first thing that's happened is Jimmy wilding out again. Oh, shit. Yeah, damn. Shot, shot his girl. <laughs> He's crazy. He's crazy. Pow. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? Rizzo do not like it when you put your hand on his black queens. What the fuck is you thinking? He's out there ready to strangle this dude. So Yeah, she should have like, said, I saw you dancing with that white bitch. <laughs> Attempted murder. It's like murder one. You can go. Or, you know, you can just walk out of here. So basically snitch. Get a wire. And he fucking coked up. So his decision making is... <laughs> That shit a lie. So he get there. The general is like, you know what? Dope will be here. It's it's this out, you know, this drugs will outgrow the soldiers and everything like this. So I'll be here. Um, but as far as you, like, how you gonna get it out? It's like, you know, I'll I'll find a way. He's like, you know, this might not be behoove me to say it, but quitting while you're the head in the same as quitting. Yeah. It's like, yeah, cash out. He's telling him, like, how you gonna move it? He's the telling brain. him, bro, you, he's pretty much telling him, you, you ahead. You are ahead. Just stop. And it's never going to be, and it's only going to go downhill. Yeah, because it's the only way, it's the only one other way you can go is down. Yeah. It's not like it's something coming in and something potentially better. It's just going to be worse and harder. And for what? And it gets to the point where you're just chasing money. Mm-hmm. What do you say? We're going to be here. We always going to be here. And that's how I go. Like, you will never eliminate drugs. It only takes a small sample of land has enough nutrients to grow that type of drug to take care of the world. So you will never get rid of it. You know what you're going to do? What you going to do? You're going to kill the world, Frank? <laughs> like, you're not, you're going to burn the earth to stop that, stop that leaf from growing? And as long as you got people that want to use it, they're going to find a way to use it. So it's just like... <sighs> That's why I always say is like it, you deal with it. <laughs> Basically, like it's it's not going away. It's always going to be something. Deal with it. Deal with it. So, meanwhile, Richie's trying to figure out you know how you trying to get in some hair to do snitching is like oh it's a oh is that a car the license plate K A something like that oh that's a you know a plane. So they check the the plane. Check everywhere in there. They hear the coffins and the military is pissed. 
Mr. Gardner's Faithful Fallen Heroes. Get the fuck out of the way. I'm checking the plane. Open up that coffin. They was not messing around. And meanwhile, what this goes on, old punk ass Thanos out here looking for that last Infinity Stone. You know, it's over. It's a wrap. You know, we're that drug stash that stash every drug dealer going when they run. Ava like, you know, if you leave now, my husband won't kill you. And he smacked her. Ooh. And mama didn't like that. She's like, oh. <laughs> so they've searching through the whole house and finally find it. Shoot the dog. That's how you know he ain't shit. Uncalled for. Shooting a dog just to get some money. I'm like, this man. Okay. He had money. He was getting money before he even met Frank. Then he was getting all the money he was getting from Frank. This is just like, he thought he was going to get away with it? He, he thought he was going to big for them. That's all. Yeah, because like Frank ain't going to shoot no cop. Because Frank was thinking about it. We get to that when, he get, when we get to that. So they search the plane. They don't find anything. And then homie is like, well, if you check the United States military for drugs, that's under the assumption that the United States military is in a drug deal business. And I will not stand for that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And he's he trying to break it like Frank. You know, you're about to be a career. What's going on? We got tips that Frank Lucas. Like, who is this Frank Lucas? I never heard of him. Who does he work for? What family? No work for anybody. Oh, you about to have your career? I told you, crap your jokes. You don't work for anybody. You trying to tell me this? This? You know, there's never been a nigger that's been above your charge in a hundred years. Like maybe you get your head out your ass. You will understand what's going on. Like, and then he called him a kike. Oh yes. Good Richie Lord! Is, yes, Richie Roberts is Jewish. You you see a star, you see, like you see a star of David around his neck early in the movie, and that's it. Oh, he about to punch him in the face. This man is a monster. Like you just throwing away, throwing out stars. That's why I always say people want to use the N word. They're the only slur they want to use. Why can't I say it? Pretty why much. What else? I'm like, oh, I wonder what else you be saying. That's why I always ask. It's just that one. So they like, you know, get it done. Cause it looked kind of like, you know, you just searching coffins. It's like that shit. The optics are horrible. You don't find anything. So Frank find out, get home. You got robbed. Wife got slapped. And then mom was like, you know, you can't. I know anything. I don't know about life. I know one thing you can't do is shoot a car. Everybody know that. Except for you. Cause he ready to plug him. He's like, look, your family, you know, they follow you. They'd have been the doctors. If you've been doctor, they would do anything like that. They just follow you. And I never asked, I never asked where all this came from because I didn't want you to lie to me. Don't don't lie to me. <laughs> you know, I will she will, you know, they'll leave you. I will leave she, you. Eva, Eva, you know that she'll leave you. She'll go back. I will leave you. She's basically trying to tell him to stop. Just stop. You Everybody's telling him to stop, and he's just like, "No." Uh huh. So meanwhile, they chasing the dope, and who on the who work on the trucks? Steve Lucas, Ti. <laughs> Wait, I know that who I think it is. Yeah, that's Steve Lucas. <laughs> no, that's Stevie Lucas. My bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did the big boy look from Atlanta like that comment. <laughs> yes, that's Stevie Lucas. Like, man, he's gonna be out these with next doc good, and y'all here moving bricks. So it's bus time. They chase. They found the bricks. So they find out where it's going. They chasing that. They call for the warrant. So this is going on. Meanwhile, Frank's in church with his wife, and 
Ooh, that must be tough. You're going to get arrested at church. But eventually, he's going to get arrested later because while he's at church, they have the bus down. It's a fight going. T.I. gets shot. Um, I don't know if Common got shot. Basically, all the brothers get arrested. T.I. gets shot. It's a shootout. And they first get in. Cooper's like, oh, this was fast. People, you know what I mean, man? What? Two? <laughs> Rizzo, that's the whole thing. Rizzo was playing his act. The few scenes he was in, you you never took his, you never took your eyes off of him. Yeah, he was really good. He has a this whole thing is as a character actor, he has a definite presence about him. Mm-hmm. Check out like Snowfall. Thing, like Snowfall, <laughs> any movies he in when he's not the star, yes, he has a presence about him. Like I always laugh when he showed up in Protector Two. It's like the main villain. Tell me, you got you got me stressing out of a fucking elephant. <laughs> So they they shut they shut everything down, arrest the brothers, RPTI, and then Frank Lucas come out of church and they wait for him. And it's the first time he sees Richie Roberts. Richie Roberts out there, like, yeah. I know what's you don't up. know me, but I know you. And he heard the name because they were trying to bribe him off. They had a contract out, but they didn't know who he was. So this is the first time they beat he realized, like, you know, the whole block courting off. They make sure, you know, Riz is like, oh, excuse me, Mrs. Lucas, you go ahead and wait in there. You don't need to see all this. Close the door. So they all waiting. It's like, so, boom, he arrested. So, court case. It's court time. Frank Lucas come in and get clapped. So the whole thing is, oh, I heard you had a million dollars. You turned it down. <laughs> My man. What, what happened now? You know, that's a lot of bills before. That's a lot of bills ago. A lot of time ago. You turn it down again. Basically, like, you know, I get, I'll have it in the trunk. Let it go. His, of course, Richie dumbass ain't gonna take it now. He ain't take it then. So I, so I can, you know, I can arrest you and da, 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 bribe you, anything like that. I got a case against you and I, all these people you ruined, the Italians, you know, who not only they hate you, they hate what you represent. Progress. Because you a black man and made the top. They ain't supposed to out. They ain't. That's not supposed to go. They want things back to normal. And Frank was like, "Cause doing doing me won't change nothing. Dope gonna keep coming in. People gonna keep snorting dope. People gonna keep making money. It's too many people making money for it to stop. It's just me involving. So I, you want me to snitch? I snitch. I get every what you want. The every people I work with, the tie and all of them. I take you know, them too. Oh, two. Oh, <laughs> you want oh. cops? My man." You old cops. cops too. So he get them all the cops. Seventy five percent of the New York DA got arrested. Good lord, they was all crooked, and they all going down. They out there bowling, playing golf, just getting knocked down. And my whole thing is like this: Why don't you run? Trooper should have been on the first boat to wherever. No, I want to sit here and drink my coffee and smoke my last cigarette. Because it's like, you know, the whole thing is he knew it was going down anyway. After you take that last amount of money, run. You're going to rob Frank and you sticking around. What do you think going to happen? Damn, that's the thing that got me. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what his thinking was. The other ones, they probably thought they was arrogant. I was like, he ain't going to snitch on police. Well, everybody snitch. They going, everybody dirty. They ain't going to get nothing. And they may not have enough to leave because like you make you spend what you make a lot of people spend what they make 
or they spend a little bit more. And then it's good. The whole thing is like, I got to keep making this amount of money to live a certain lifestyle. You get stuck. Triple should have had enough money to the bounce, especially that he took whatever cash that was left at, at Frank Crib. But nah, he wants to sit there. So people get arrested. He finding out. They say the best for last. It's like, I knew this guy, got him there. And it's like, oh, them Trupo at the top. He out there smoking a cigarette, crying. <laughs> Woman vacuuming on your hair. Man, like, a, I don't know if he had a silencer on his, on his gun or what happened. No, I think she had like a, uh, did she have headphones on? Yeah, she had headphones on. So yeah. She didn't hear it, but she heard, you know, it was like, and you just see the blood splatter on the um, umbrella. He dead. Like, a, if I put out, Trupo goes out like a coward. <laughs> As these things happen in movies. He's like, at a clap, he is like, you know, my man. And so he laughing. And then so he got 70 years. He only ended up doing 15. Basically what happened was he did like five, got out, and then did some more stuff, and then went back to jail. <laughs> and they got out 91. So $250 million got seized, according to what the movie says. 30 family members went to jail. Wife goes back to Puerto Rico. She they eventually get back together, you know, because love is ever natural. Mom go back to Greensboro, probably dies. So, what the extended edition has is the scene when he get out. Yeah, Richie comes and picks him up. Yeah, because keep in mind, because Richie was like you know a prosecutor, and then switched and became you know defense attorney. His first client was, was the Frank Lucas. So 1991, he out, public enemy playing, whole different New York. It's like, you don't even recognize it. And it's like, wow, what, this used to be this. And $800 sneakers and everything. And just like the world passed you by. You yeah. used to be the man. And now look, at you're the old man. Nobody know who you are. Yeah. All, all, the streets may talk about you, but they talk about you like faintly now. But they don't even know what he look like. Yeah, they know the name Frank Lucas. Frank Lucas yeah, walked the wow, they don't know. So, and it's kind of like you know, it's like wow, I'm on, I'm on live. You know, I'm, I'll make sure you, I'll make sure you take, you be all right, Frank. I see you living well because like, Richie out here in a BMW. Oh, he, he's like, good. yeah. I mean, your case, I rested, you know, made my, made my life. And then he bumping into some dudes. They looking at it like, oh, you know, it's old head. Let that be. And he smile like you know, every whole thing is. Even a fool gets to be young once, right before he almost get hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. And then you see the two of them, and then the movie ends. And I think they ended up having like a friendship like yeah. after this, so they were like friends or whatever. And but like my uh, somebody was asking me uh, why was he like holding his coffee like that? I said I think like he had what arthritis. Frank Lucas had arthritis. I didn't know about it. Like I think it was he, author- he died of, like. He eventually broke. He got in a car accident, and broke his legs, ended up dying while he was in a wheelchair, like in his eighties. Um, it was diabetes and arthritis. So he was something. an old black man. Yeah. So so he had he had old black man itis, <laughs> and, and yes, that's how the movie ends with a Public Enemy song. Yeah, and trust him. Credit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's American Gangster. Ah, yeah. Uh, I still enjoy that movie. Notes. He taking all the notes. Uh, I still enjoyed the movie as I did the first time. I just didn't realize how long it was. Even with a, a theatrical release, I was like, damn, this shit long. 
it's a lot of stuff that they and I'm the whole thing is like and I don't know what to take out. Yeah, I can. Yeah, because it's like uh, I feel like taking out stuff would lose. I mean, the whole thing is like the Nikki Barnes stuff is superficial. I mean, it's not that necessary, but he's not really in it that much to matter. Like, it's do you like, take do you take out the character of Stevie? Take out like two, what maybe like five, six minutes? I don't know. Yeah, don't take out that much. He's just showing the whole effect. No, he showed the effect he has on his family. It's like I mean, Stevie that was already there with his family. brothers. I mean, you didn't need it's Stevie. Different for that. where his brothers they didn't have nothing else going for him. Stevie did and yeah, gave okay. that up. That so it just too. shows that effect there. So, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, Richie Roberts. That's the whole thing. It's not just about Frank News, about both of them. And they spend a lot of time fleshing out both characters, where it's kind of like, it makes you understand the characters, but it just adds an extra, like, 40 minutes to the movie. Like, Richie's stuff with his family and the lawyers and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you can chop that off, but then Richie's just a face. Even Heat, did, even Heat fleshed out. Heat did the same thing. Out, one of the reasons why that movie so long, they flesh out Al Pacino with all his family shit. Is it necessary? No, but it makes you care more about him. It's the same thing because you take out Richie Roberts' family, so he just Russell Crowe, <laughs> basically. He just a cop. He just a cop that's too honest for his own good, trying to fight crime. But they spend the whole time fleshing him out on why he does what he does. Like, yeah, he's. He's an honest cop, but he's just bad at everything else. So that's why the movie's long, because they spend a lot of time flushing out both characters. Because it's it is rarely a scene where it's either Denzel's not in the movie or Russell Crowe not in the movie. It's always one of them. I'm trying to think of it. I don't think it's a scene. It's not a scene in a movie that doesn't have one of them in there. Mm, nope. I think you're right. Yeah, one or the other. So, yeah, I can see why it was so much issue with the script and the budget because they did film in New York, not Toronto, and then they did go overseas and film those parts there. But I was kind. It's funny where even Antoine Fuqua went in for Training Day, he didn't have the stroke to pull, you know, to keep that budget. But really, Scott, they did. I think Antoine Fuqua now could get it done. Uh, yeah, probably. Even though it's like, because I, I think because of like Equalizer and Magnificent, like it's funny where it's funny how Denzel went from a Tony Scott, Tony Scott being his main man to Antoine Fuqua being his main man. <laughs> you know, because he did both Equalizers, he did the Magnificent Seven, and it's like it's a different. You know, Antoine Fuqua is like. Tony Scott does very kinetic energy, kinetic violence energy movies. Antoine Fuqua does very violent action movies. Like all you gotta do is see Olympus is falling or King R. Like Antoine Fuqua does not shake, you know, does not stray away or is ashamed of violence at all. He he leans in. I don't know why, but he just chooses to do. And, you know, Russell Crowe continued doing his thing. And it's like eventually you see him pop up in The Man with the Iron Fist. And what's the movie that came out last year? He's stalking the girl. Uh, that we both saw. That oh, Unhinged. Saw. 
Unhinged. Unhinged. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a feature episode. Good lord. Yeah, it's it's different seeing Russell Crowe now because now he like he he weigh a little more, he older, so now he like a, a angry man. <laughs> fat, I don't like fat Russell Crowe. <laughs> fat angry Russell Crowe look dangerous because you can see him shouting at you, and you just he just look like a bigot, even though he I don't even know if he is or not. It's like he just look like a bigot. He just like that energy just curdled. It's like yeah, fat old Russell Crowe. I would yeah, I'm keeping my distance. That man gonna hit me in the face with a shovel. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, just everybody involved in the movie. I like I said, I still enjoy this movie. Uh, don't know when I watch it again because it is long. But what do you think of the sound? What do you think of the American Gangster album? Oh, it's one of Jay Z's uh, best albums. As far yeah. as like, complete albums, it's one of uh, one of my favorites too. So yeah, it's I, I like it too. Although I will say, um, I have learned with my age that how I feel differently. I feel different about Jay Z now than I did when I was younger. As we all, oh, I, if you keep your eye on things of what's going on in the world and how he moves, that's understandable. It's not just that; it's partly that, but it's partly like how I move. Because I was reading this article that like David Dennis posted about how Drake, like how he feels differently about Drake because he had a different age. And it's like, you know, I grew up, Drake didn't. And that's fine because that don't, you know, you're under no obligation to, to, you know, you can change, you can keep the same thing you just move. You don't got to grow up with the audience you with, you can stay the same. And how people showing this video calling him like this old man, like that. He like me and Drake around the same age. And it's kind of like the funny thing about music and movies in general is like you are influenced a lot of times based on how old you were when you listen. Like we're going to rap with this whole thing. Like for me, I grew up on like gangster rap. That's like the first thing I listened to at the certain age I listened to like NWA post Ice Cube and then Ice Cube, then like Red Man and Wu-Tang. And then when I got a little older, I like it's eight ball MJG, Pastor Troy, Scarface, stuff like that. So I'm used to that and like Snoop Dogg. So that's what I lean toward. So I never listen, like, you know, so I never really try to call questions like, eh. like them outcasts. That wasn't, I didn't grow up on that. So even now as I'm older, I can appreciate their quality and their talent. While still being like, man, eh, ain't for me. That's that's fine. It's not for me. And some people I like more. Like Mob Deep, I appreciate a lot more as I'm older, not that I'm younger. Because it's just like, res- you like damn resonates. goon. Of course you love goon music. No, no, Mob Deep isn't goon. No, Mob Deep isn't just goon. It's pain music. They was them niggas was angry. They were in pain. Everything you hear about was like how sad the world is. And you don't get because between Havoc's beat like, yeah, I, I listen to like, especially if you listen to albums two to four and you can hear it's like, no, they never seem happy. <laughs> they I have never heard rappers who like, they, they weren't complaining. It's like, life is hard. 
this shit is trash. I'm just trying to make it do. They was never all like, yeah, I'm in the club with Chris Style. You want to be here? And like, you know, because it's from a man that living with sickle cell and a producer that made dark ass beats. They was, it's kind of like life is tough. They wasn't, nothing was glamorous about Mob Deep. It wasn't like just bragging. It was talking about, you know, I don't want to blow my brains out. I'm sad because my friend died. You know, the hood trash, but I appreciate my dad teaching me this and that. Like, it's it's a lot of pain and grown-up stuff that you wouldn't necessarily notice when you're young. It ain't just goon rap. Like, Wu-Tang shit sound like Mr. It sound like damn sorcery shit now. You listen to some of that stuff. Like, I couldn't tell you half the things Ghostface and Jill was talking about <laughs> when I was younger. He Hair can't even tell And I'm like, this, yeah, these men fucking Doctor Strange. <laughs> Hey, I think he, he even said it. He's like, oh, if you would have asked me that week or that time, I could tell you what I was talking about. But I don't know what I was talking about. Sometimes you just put off the thing. And I use that example with Jay-Z and, my, and Nas. It's kind of like, I like Jay-Z more than Nas when I was younger. And I like Nas more than Jay-Z when I'm older. Because I think Nas ages a way that's more relatable for people my age range. Because like, Nas brag, but you kind of like get where Nas come from he's like you know I'm smart I got money but he feel relatable I never felt like Nas was saying stuff that didn't relate to me cause like you know he he bragged about being rich but not super rich just like you know I got a Benz rich not I own land you know not I'm making deals and own a piece of Nets rich like Jay Z stuff is like $2,000 flip flops yeah, I, I bought like I bought you know a waterfront. <laughs> I started a liquor thing. It's like Jay Z just moved for a part. Like he moved like a rich white man, and he rapped like one. And it's too much. This whole thing is kind of like it's it's not necessarily just Jay Z. It's the the myth, the cult of Jay Z. That whole was better than a million dollars, a eight hundred credit score. No, it's not. <laughs> That's a fucking lie. And yet, I, if you go on Twitter, you'll see that nonsense. Uh, I'd rather have what you gonna do a minute or a lunch with Jay Z. I'm gonna take that lunch because I can learn what he what man, he got. You better I'm take like, that. He'll probably look at your. You ain't take the million dollars. What's wrong with you, fam? You want a, you want fifty thousand dollars or a book on how to make fifty thousand dollars? Then somebody had a joke. You get the book. And it's like, how to get $50,000? The book says, if somebody offer you $50,000, take it. Yeah, you're looking dumb. And it's this whole, you know, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business and Forex and LLC and hustle and grind. And but I don't blame that on him. I don't. I don't blame. I blame that on people and what they take. I, I, it's not just him. But he's definitely an acolyte of that. And he has a very large influence on that. And it's, I've always say a lot of people don't want to be heroes. They just want their chance of being the villain. And Jay-Z, for better or worse, represent that. And a lot of times, that's his fault. This whole, you know, Colin Kaepernick, all that kneeling shit done. Let's keep it moving. How you going to – too many times it's like he says stuff that benefits him and just him. And it's like, if you want to move that way, fine. Don't act like it's like some black, like it's not black excellence. It's Jay-Z excellence. Oh, 
look how Jay-Z changed in corporate America because he got an afro. I'm like, no. <laughs> he can do that. Your ass can't do that. That's like, the dumbest shit I ever saw when I was, I was like, what? No. After you make a certain amount of money and you can pretty much do what you want to do. Because, like I said, he's got his own business. He's doing his own thing. Yeah, he can do that. Go up into uh, fucking Walmart or fucking KFC and see what happened. Yeah, like Elon Musk could show up with a board meet with sweatpants on because he run the company. You can't. So why you don't? And it's like, it's that whole vibe that's just kind of like, it just, it sounds nice on the surface. But once you dig past it, this come off as like some villain shit. And I'm at the age now where it's like, no, the hustle grind, like, you know, sleep is like, no, I'm nah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Oh, Don't you want to have more? <laughs> no. Was you about to say sleep is the cousin of death? <laughs> like, yeah, now nah, used to say that. He don't say that shit no more. Now he now he's telling people about watch out for gout. <laughs> Make sure you drink your, your cranberry juice. Make sure yeah, you drink cherry your, juice. Yeah, drink your cherry juice out there, people. Yeah, you like make sure you don't eat too much pro- too much beef. Keep your, your uric acid down. And I was probably like, yo, Nas actually said it the right stuff too. Cause you know, a lot of times people be on pseudoscience. That's the whole thing. Nas ain't dumb at all. Like he may not be school educated, but he's not ignorant. You can tell he's somebody that like, you know, that researches stuff. Yeah, he re- he definitely reads. And he does it more than he's doing because a lot of stuff he's younger. Some of that stuff kind of sounded like, you know, basically, sideways. But we all say weird shit when we're young. Basically, he he really is the Bonds character now. <laughs> he and bought it. He is someone that has aged like a grown up. Ice Cube also aged like a grown up when he rapped. Other people are still rapping the same way. Like I, I remember Red Man was doing something like, you know, I'm in my forties. I'm talking about flossing. That shit, that shit, dumb. <laughs> I got what I got. Like I don't, I don't just rap for clout at this point. I'm just, you know, I do it because I enjoy doing it. Make sure the bills paid. You hit a certain age, it's kind of like you know, at your age. And I've been thinking about acting my age. I, I realized we're about to wrap up. I become a Twitter curmudgeon. Oh, Twitter who? Curmudgeon. Uh, explain. I just see people I, too many times. People be like cracking their little jokes and everything like that, thinking they funny. And I know I do. I just frown my face. I'm like y'all, niggas, y'all. Niggas, you can't frown your face up, but you do the same shit, even unintentionally. No, you do the same shit. I I limit mine. True. And it's the certain things, but y'all be joking about everything. Everything is a everything is a joke till it ain't a joke. So like I say, anything funny till it's time to bury your aunt. And then it's GoFundMe time. It's like, oh, we need to get Let, together. Get me home. I ain't going. Better as a community. Did you see how many uh, help me get home things popped up? Like it was like one, and then it's like, that's what. Oof. No, you want to know why? Because I don't search those parts of Twitter. <laughs> so I what I saw help. was the one everybody was talking about the whole the one Atlantis at four hundred dollars one way, and then you know struggling. Guess what? It happens. It's gonna happen next year. It always happens. People move wild. They don't have let a me, backup. Plan. Let me give you some advice. I'm just gonna say this. Well, not you, but I'm gonna give somebody some advice that maybe listen to this. If all you got is four hundred dollars, don't go nowhere. And you banking on the next check to hit for whatever reason that you there and whatever you go to, don't go if you ain't got the money then and now. Because you can be it's a good chance, it's a possibility you could be out there looking crazy. I'm not saying she was looking crazy, 
But if you ain't got the she, money, don't travel. No, she would say people who have a plan B don't move that well because it's like you got to have your plan A and stick to it and give 100%. That's that hustler. You know, is that motivational Twitter? Everybody knows successful got one plan A. That's all they got. It ain't no plan B. Ain't nothing back up. They just do it. They make it work. Yeah, and that Whatever. and that's that's that shit sound real good to you. Can't make it work. Then you're stranded and stuck. I, you know, God, I had somebody explain this to me at work, and they told me it worked for them. So supposedly they went to Vegas. They took a trip to Vegas for two days. They went to Vegas with two hundred dollars. That's all they had. Everything was paid for already, but that's all they had with to move with. They gambled with the money. They got down to their last, maybe I say seventy five. They end up they ended up making money betting, gambling by luck. End up getting like over five hundred dollars. So they went to two hundred, almost you know lost their money, but left out with five hundred. So I guess that's a win. I guess, but you just can't be around people like I I I, I don't never I, understand that. I that's don't. because we're adults with responsibilities, and it's easy for us to say that because it's like, but guess what? If you can't if you can't make it back, don't go. That's what I'm saying. Don't yeah, fucking like, go. One way shit. Like you are not just ain't you ain't the bride. I'm going one way. Like, no. If you can't at least afford a round trip in housing, stay your ass at home. Stay home. Stay home. And it's, it's like, nah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some Kyrie Irving is not gonna make you rich. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, if you do travel, don't don't do the shared room thing. Just, just get in there. Just get it wrong. Oh, so. yeah. Nah, that's the whole thing. It'd be like eight. That's, I always travel myself with my wife, and it's kind of like this whole six to a room shit. I like, I yeah, don't, don't, no, don't do it. Even when I was by myself, I'm by my shit. I ain't share with one person at most. Ain't seven. Yeah, if you do it, do one. Once you start getting four and five people, yeah, I just sleep on what the floor. What are we doing? What is the Boy Scouts? <laughs> I just sleep on the floor. No, I just sleep, sleep in this chair right here. All that for vibes. That shit don't even seem fun. Stop being, if you, we all been poor. You guys know what I did? You know why I didn't do what I was for? Travel. Because that shit did not seem fun. I wasn't going somewhere I couldn't afford to have fun. That's dumb. Count and everybody, around. and it's like, you're doing this during a pandemic. Yeah, I, that's so the biggest thing about that. I'm glad she got the money. Hopefully, her story is true. I'm glad she got to get home. Uh, I think she was from New York, but yeah, everything after that, <laughs> everybody just came with their story. But anyway, moving on from that, uh, did you get it before we get out of here? Did you get a chance to watch Coming to America yet? Yes, I didn't get the chance to watch it. Uh, but what are your initial thoughts? Or did you like it? Or did you didn't? It's like fine. It? Okay, I enjoyed it. The whole thing is, it's for people. Who watched the first one and grew up? Okay, thank you. And, That's what I need to know. I won't go into spoilers, but it's funny the reaction has been. It's kind of like it's some people that's like they expected more because nostalgia told them the movie was different. Like I think it depends on how you looked at the first one and how you are now. Because a lot of people is like you know they put the first one on the super pedestal and now they they expect that same feeling. They're not going. They didn't get it, so they're disappointed. And I was like, no. You, they grew up, you grew up. And don't let nostalgia have you out here looking stupid. So you got that vibe. You got the whole vibe about how insensitive it is because it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's coffee, this, this, and that. And it's like, it's it's not malicious, but it's this in its age better than the first one. But like the first one is what the first one is. It's kind of like, you know, it's you know what it's a fair, 
it's just like the it's a fairy tale movie. Treat it like that. That's all it is. It's a fairy tale movie with black people, with black excellence, and with black people enjoying themselves. And it's just good seeing, you know, seeing Eddie Murphy again. Seeing, you know, we've seen Eddie Murphy making his comeback. Seeing Arsenio Hall basically looking the same. Seeing John Amos actually looking alive. <laughs> like, you know, he looked old, but he like he like he I'm still him. here, basically. Yeah, you know, Louis Anderson pops up. He's, yeah. You know, it's like seeing people you saw from back in the day, seeing them again. And I won't go into the detail thing. And like, yes, Wesley Snipes is a very funny man. That's one thing that's been consistent. Yes. Um, he, he is very funny. It's like he enjoys. And it's funny. I was talking to um, I'm about to say my friend Lexi, like she ain't a, a damn Oscar nominated director. And she was saying how she didn't realize how funny Wesley Snipes was because all she thought about was like the action guy. Because it's like, yeah, if you and then I remember like, you know, she didn't grow up here. She grew up in Germany. So it's like, you know, they probably they, they may not have seen White Men Can't Jump. Yeah. Oh, they think about like Passion 57 and like Blade. I'm like, yeah, if you see Wesley Snipes action man did something like this is like, oh, I know he was funny. It's like, no, Wesley is funny. It just depends on if you saw his other stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. So I think me and the missus will be watching that today because uh, I've been waiting for her to watch it. We had the time both together. So it's, all, it's all Saturday. It's like two hours. Um, it's 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 the whole thing is I enjoyed it. It was what I expected. I wasn't like expecting this because coming to America wasn't this. I think a lot of times we elevated more than what it was because of how rare it was and how important it was as our youth. And it's just kind of like that just messes up your expectations. And it wasn't like the best man where it's like, oh, the best man is this cute movie. And then the best man, how they got you crying because like it didn't have a amount of expectations on it to begin with. And this does. Yeah, I think over time coming to America became that, you know, what I mean? like after year one, year two, year three, it became that thing. It came bigger. So when everybody got to this. It was like, oh, I, the expectation was just wild, just like in wrestling. But like I was telling somebody, I found it interesting that people, a lot of people were saying, oh, I never saw Coming to America, so I'm watching, but I'm watching this, though. And I, it got to be a certain age bracket that's saying that. Yeah, that's fine. You you know, you let it be. Uh, so next week, I've been tossing and turning with this one. Not too much. We're doing 1990s. Total Recall. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I watched that a couple of months back, and I was like, "Yeah, we got to do this." So I, that that is what we're gonna do. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Prime Arnold. You can't go wrong. This is Prime Arnold, and only Arnold could have got this movie made. <laughs> yes, we can do it. I promise you. He rec- like I said, he recruited Paul Verhoeven. He's like, "Oh, so Robocop is a good thing." <laughs> Well, this, I want to work with someone like that, you know. And it's funny where Arnold is smart, and not I gotta beat you over the head, smart like Sylvester Stallone. Where Sylvester Stallone is a tryhard smart. Arnold is is very aware of who he is and what he wants. And Total Recall, I'm glad you picked it because I, you know, one of my favorite movies. And the only Paul Verhoeven movie where I got the point the first time I watched it. And not missing what he was doing, because trust me, 
let's just say RoboCop and Starship Troopers hit a lot different when I got older than when I got younger. <laughs> I bet with Starship Troopers. <laughs> oh, Starship Troopers had me thinking, oh, they just the regular good guys. <laughs> yeah, this Doogie Howser dressed like a Nazi. They ain't no, it just looked cool. They ain't no big deal. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my dumbass was thinking when I saw it in a movie theater when it came out. Oh, let me, boy, when I saw it, maybe a decade later, I was like, oh, he put a fast one. But no, it's it's what sci-fi and action does. Like, it's just an awesome sci-fi movie with great action. It was like, it was like one of the most expensive movies ever made when it came out. Yeah. That movie was very expensive. And it's kind of like, you know, it's prime Arnold Schwarzenegger, up and coming Sharon Stone. And yeah, Sharon Stone was beating his ass and looked believable. <laughs> That's when it's like, yeah, that's when women start, you know, I'm I'm working out and I'm a and I'm a movie star. Brought yeah. that back. Cause a lot of cause the late early age like everybody has shoulder pads and they look kind of dainty and all cooked out. And by the time we get to the mid late 80s, like, yeah, we're going back to how it used to be. And it's her, my man Michael Ironside. I never, you know, hundred. It's funny. It's I've never I always look at him as a villain. No matter what he does. Yeah. So even when he does heroic stuff, it don't really, you know, even when he pop up at Starship Troopers, it's like, I don't know about him. And Ronnie Cox. Bogomil. <laughs> Dick Jones. Oh, That's, my goodness. Oh. Uh, uh, and, no, I just, I love Total Recall. We, we definitely going to talk about Benny. I got, Mr. I got five kids to feed. <laughs> <laughs> That motherfucker was scamming from the moment he got to Mars. <laughs> that man had bills, man. Chill out. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're going to do. Uh, anything else that we need to talk about? No, there isn't. What other movies have, what other movies have you seen? Shit, what did I have? I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of fucking anime. Uh, so I really haven't been watching movies. But I did start. Hold on. Let me go back. I want to remember. Let's look at it real quick. What did I start? No, I've been watching. No, I haven't watched any movies really. You know what I've been doing? I've been watching Dawson's Creek and shit. Yeah, that's oh, what I, I haven't watched any movies because I didn't want to hear about Dawson's Creek for that. <laughs> I've been watching Dawson's Creek and I've been uh, watching Twenty Four. And I went back and I want to watch Twenty Four. Fuck yeah! So so <laughs> Tiffany, me and uh, Tiffany used to watch Twenty Four when it first started. We used to always talk about it. And it was a lot of things I I remember me and you discussed it. And it was I was trying to figure out when the uproar or when, you know, the thing about 24 people were talking about. And I think I reached that point in the second season where it was a lot of questionable things going on as far as directing and how they treated people. And yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot. Let me tell you something. So I was never a big 24 person. I remember people was talking about it for obvious reasons. I'm like, oh, white man killing terrorists with my last name. That ain't something I would necessarily rush into by that time. Yeah. And I, I tried watching the season. And like Kiefer Sullivan's fine. It's just kind of like, all right. He just running around. Nobody know anything. Oh, I'm just trying to do stuff. I got to find the bomb. You get in my way. He's shouting at people and everybody in his way. He the only one. He the one white man that want to get the job done and everybody else getting his way. We got to stop Abu such and such. And all that. I was like, 
Yeah. Then Homeland. Then Homeland came. I'm like, all right, enough. I got to that point where it's like, yes, that's the problem. Is it affects me tangentially? Is I'm not Arab, but I'm a Muslim. So seeing Arabs and Muslims as the bad guys is old, like enough, because you rarely see my like. We've gone backwards since Rambo Three. You know how old Rambo Three is? Yes. Um, I I know exactly what you're talking about, and then, like I said, I'm only on season two, and this is where. Uh, those issues start to play. So I don't know how it plays on ongoing like season. I don't remember season three. I don't remember season four. Yeah. I don't know, but season two is like, yeah, what you're talking about with the bad guys. But it's funny because they're not really the bad guys. It's really a white woman that's really. <laughs> when in doubt, it's always a white woman. So it's just funny how they. Yeah. yeah, it's more kind of like it's not just that it's just the whole there's the one white man that's going to do the, you know, save the day get, and beat, prevent big government from stopping them. And it's funny how a lot of right wing people, because that one of the guys work on 24, he was like a, a right. I was joking with Rich. A lot of my favorite writers are these MAGA right wing guys. It ain't necessarily man's the whole thing is like they really end up like, you know, a white man's overcoming government to save the day but you know what's funny about that and I, 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 this is one thing I do remember and me, me and Sifty had talked about it is that Jack Bauer got used by the government it's not a happy ending at the end is mm-hmm. the ending of the whole thing no he has to go somewhere for something he did for the government and get tortured that's yes. the ending of the series like what yeah I actually watched the um the TV movie after that that's why I remember watching it. Like, oh shit, damn, they did him rough. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, look, we played Metal Gear. That shit well, that's ended true, the same. Too. That shit kind of ended the same way. Metal Gear Solid. It was like, yeah, working with the government don't have a happy ending. And at that point, we we got to the point where it's like, yeah, the government ain't always the good guys. Oh, it's funny clearly. now how that's. It's funny now how that's this commonplace. Yeah, because that I mean, throughout the series, that's like. You get the first, oh, thank you, Jack. Second season, oh, thank you, Jack. Set, third season, yeah, thank you, but fourth season, we don't know you. Five, fifth season, who the fuck is Jack? He turned on us. This is insane. And he's still like, I love my country, so I'm going to keep doing this. Man, yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah, I said, so no. So yeah, I get I've, it. I've been about to wrap up. So I finished watching Outside the Wire. Oh, so verdict. It's. I didn't think it was going to end the way it ended. Yeah, kind of ended, kind of flat and landed. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's kind of like I, the story is very interesting. Like Anthony Mackie has that interesting anti chemistry, that anti swag energy, where he's real good when he's being a robot. When he try to be cool, it don't work. When he when he's not trying to be cool, he's cool. If that makes sense. And yeah, Damson Injury is going to have a career. I didn't even realize that's the dude from Snowfall until like, wait, that dude yeah. looked familiar. Because I hadn't watched Snowfall like that when yeah. I saw him. I was like, this guy looks familiar. I've heard his name before. I'm like, he got to be somebody that just put him in the movie and then realized, yes, that's Franklin Say himself. So, and I've finished season one. I'm on season two of Snowfall. And I'm like, how Franklin ain't dead yet is beyond me. But Oof. he's like, he just been lucking his way into a like I'm gonna be bold and mess up and it's gonna somehow make it work. 
Yeah, it's a lot of there was a lot of fumbling and oh shit, it worked out. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna I'm just gonna sell drugs with no protection. I'm just gonna ride yeah. around on a bike. Yeah, season two really oh uh, yeah, yeah, you just yeah, keep watching. And it's funny because it's like, you know, it's not just him, there's other stories going on. And everybody is kind of like slightly more confident people getting over on people that aren't confident. I mean, it ain't like it's a bunch of geniuses. It ain't breaking bad. Whereas like, you know, Walter White's just, you know, Destro <laughs> or like a I, super villain. Like Lex Luthor is kind of like, you know, I'm the smartest 11th. I'm a smart 11th grader in a room of ninth graders. When you get to a certain point, uh, probably be after season two, I'm going to ask you a question. And the question is, how valuable do you think his mother is in the show? Because I think she's the MVP now. As far as what's going on now because of... I can I can tell now. Yeah. Because it's like she's one of the only like positive God points to keep from straight. Because everybody else is like, you know, either leeches or just flat out enemies. Well, it's a different dynamic now. And I just think she's doing an awesome job as far as her art goes. And because, boy, whew, yeah. Well, I'll get to that when I get to that. So he's, you know, his, his story is interesting. The Mexican family, like that whole dynamic. I'm a woman trying to do things in a man job, overcoming the shadow of my dad and my brother with my my lover, Ray Mysterio Sr. <laughs> That's male mascaras. Cut it out. <laughs> so it's that dynamic is interesting with that. The CIA shit is like. <sighs> get Aaron Rodgers off I can't wait for him to die. I'm like, can you? I know it's necessary. He's just so annoying. Aaron Rodgers is going through it. <laughs> and it's all, I, I'm just sick of that hyperactive, overeducated, just fidgety white man. Has his brother showed up yet? Yeah, he just showed up. Oh, buddy. You'll know the scene when you see it. Uh, so yeah. yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely definitely a very good show. It's very enjoyable. Once you got past the first three episodes, yep. four, it's yeah. That's what everybody kept telling me. He's like, push through those episodes, you'll be fine. Like it was necessary, but um, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. All and right, and one more and one more thing I saw. We wrap it up. I saw Mosul. Who? Mosul, like the city in Iraq. It's a oh, Netflix movie. I, okay. How was it? I didn't. Ooh, that shit is that shit tough. It's so it's a good movie. That is, that is yeah. You don't watch that in the background. That shit's bleak, and it's you have people don't understand the effect war has till you see. It's like man, them them places bomb the hell. It's like they have. It's just a it's probably, and this, you know what? I don't know if it's a good thing. It, it's just real. It's weird because I think about that, and I was, and outside the wire to a much less expense, like how the effect of war actually has on people in society, like just bombed out blocks. Like you find a, a house they got a, a working TV on, and it's like a group of grown men. Oh, we get to watch a soap opera. We get to relax. Like it's a room, like like stuff you kind of. You know, take for granted. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that because I'm thinking about all this stuff, you know, perfect time to wrap up. You know, stimulus is about to get passed. And it's like a lot of benefits happen for small businesses, you know, unemployed, 
uh, um, child care, vaccine care, a whole lot of things that hadn't been done in decades. And everybody focused on the stuff that's not done. I'm, oh, I don't know. And I learned, I'm like, you know what? It's too many people that show up. They don't pay attention. Nothing goes on. And they be on this whole, like watching Finny Boy, like, yeah, I know Thanos trying to kill half the world, but Peter Quill, the real problem. We need to talk about that. That's how a lot of people sound talking about politics. Like, yeah, y'all don't know shit. Y'all didn't. And it's like, well, really forgot how stuff was like last year. They didn't want to give y'all 600. And that's all y'all got. Y'all ain't get nothing else. They ain't want to do nothing. Like, shit was, you know, bad last year. And this whole both sides and how bad, I'm like, now you don't know how bad things can be. Most people say that. I'm like, I have lived in Democratic places and I live in Republican places. It ain't the same. Put it like this. It was bad enough that Republicans still didn't want to give give for 1,400 checks. They're like, nah, they straight. We gave them enough. Not one person voted for that. Oh, (laughs) nah, I don't give you that. Unemployment? Nope. Nothing. Nah, it's well. It, initially, it was supposed to give them four hundred, and like nah, three hundred. And they didn't want to do that. They still didn't vote for that. <sighs> so yeah, yeah. They, I'm like, nope, they don't want to you. They want you know how I know they want you to die. I live in Texas, and Texas ain't this all rich. A lot of Democrat people live in Texas. That and they didn't care what color you were, Republican or Democrat. It is like if they die, they die. They don't want the government to come in. It ain't that bad. Oh, hey, it's, they, a, it's a windmill fault. Ted Cruz monkey ass ran to Cancun and they got bullied into coming back. I mean, and still talking to you know, Texas. And <laughs> as soon as the snow melt, Texas is back to talking that shit. Fuck a mask. Like, That's what Texas thing is. Fuck a uh, mask. Fuck them. We don't need no mask. We open. <laughs> God bless Texas. We open again. Good Lord. Just stay safe down there. Shit. All right. Tell them the info. Yeah, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Jeff versus the world on Twitter, uh, Facebook, the real Jeff versus the world on Instagram. If you want to follow Shahid, you can follow him at Philly Drugs on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, don't come with no goofy shit. Uh, yeah, if you come with some goofy shit, you're going to get lit up because <laughs> I've been doing that lately. He really has. Uh, no jokes. Um also, if you listen to the show and you want to leave a review, go ahead and leave your review on uh, iTunes, Star Ratings, reviews anywhere. That helps out the show. Uh, as you can see, we got sponsors now. So, yeah, it's kind of nice over here. But anyway, till next week, <laughs> Total Recall 1990. It is streaming on Netflix. So if you need to watch it somewhere, it is there. We are out. Peace. I'll see you at the party, Richter.